Welcome to the JBL Draft, everyone. Welcome. We've got about 19 minutes to go until the start. The first overall pick will be the Phoenix Vultures. And I think we all know what they're basically going to do in that they are going to take Mr. Tyrone Winder, the uh, Phoenix, Arizona wing who went to Arizona, uh, who is the consensus first overall pick. Averaged 24.4 points per game, four rebounds per game, 1.7 assists per game, 1.7 steals per game. Um, but still, the curse of Trendon Knox continues as Tyrone Winder was not able to carry Arizona to the national championship. So, but still, he's a consistent top prospect um, at the shooting guard position. I would think we talked about this a little bit on the last pod in terms of um, whether or not uh, should be a small forward or shooting guard, and he is clearly a shooting guard with a six foot five inch height. So um, that's where we're at right now. Let's kind of see where everyone else is. Can you hear me? Yes, now I can. Welcome back. Okay. Yeah, I was here the whole time. I was just listening to you ramble on. Oh, I was waiting for you to interrupt because I couldn't. (laughs) Apparently, we interrupt each other too much and people don't like it. So, you know, now, now we have to allow each other to run out of steam before we talk. Well, I don't think we interrupt each other. I think it's someone else who's not on the pod yet who um uh, who, okay, right. That that we will not cast aspersions on. So his a uh, <laughs> yeah. So, but anyway, uh go ahead, take it away, Jason. Okay. So, again, everyone, welcome to the JBL draft, 2028 draft. Um it's nice to see so many of you here live as always. Um just before we get started, I think uh I think you need to make an apology to Ricky Gillespie. <laughs> why i did a great i, I did a great thing for ricky gillespie you did you pumped up his draft value but that's all people have been talking about is that that one pick in the mock draft i mean seriously like what have you done well well people have been uh, talk, people talking about ricky gillespie but uh i think people have also been trying to uh, jump out of the bottom part of the draft which is somewhat interesting maybe that happens every year but i feel like this year more than any other like everyone Everyone from every pick from ten to thirty, I think, is gettable in the first round. Probably even some of the unfor- the uh, forfeited ones. I think so. Just uh, uh, Andrews just joined us, so you maybe want to unmute him. He's unmuted. Thank Welcome, you guys. Andrew. I had to had to anchor my phone. My internet is being hilarious. We're off to a good start. It's just, it's just yep. Australia. Okay, so we were just discussing the magical Ricky Gillespie. But, I mean, we've, we've discussed this before, but there is quite a massive talent drop-off after, well, a perceived talent drop-off after eight or nine, I think, uh, is the general consensus. Where's the next bracket of talent drop-off um, from your research? Um, number 50? I, I mean, there. I, I, I think there are some guys down at the bottom of the second round that I think we could see being taken at the bottom of the first. Whether they'll be reaches or whether they're just good scouting, I'm not sure. But I think we're going to see a lot of that this draft is my general sense. Do you think having the scouting available to everyone has changed people's mentality towards those lower picks? Because in the, in the past, there was a bit of, uh, I don't have enough uh, trips, I'm not going to scout everyone, or I haven't scouted that guy. And of course, uh, for the new users, uh, scouting was not available uh, during the draft, which is now I think about it pretty unfair, but it was, it was not strategic little thing, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah. Do you think that has changed people's mentality for those lower end picks? 
I mean, maybe. It, I, I can tell you that a lot of the names I recognize are people I've been looking at for the last couple of seasons. When this year is probably the year I was, uh, even though ironically I was running a CJBL team, it was probably the year I was the least plugged in to the players in the CJBL. But there were a lot of familiar names I've kind of been like watching and taking note of over the last couple of seasons that I think in the right situation could be decent role players. And I think that's generally what you're looking for towards that end of the first round anyway. So yeah. you're, you're not, uh, it's very rare that you're going to get a, uh, a Richard Benson or, you know, a Sergio Loyola or something like that. Um, so more often than not, your bottom of the first round, second round picks are going to be replaceable. That's right. And I think even the, those guys were pretty lucky to be drafted uh, where they were and given the opportunity. And I think that, that dictates a lot of the success of those lower end picks. If they get to start early in their careers, then they get to show what they've got. And of course, if they, they suck, they're out of the league. But uh, if you look at the, the top win shares for second round picks, they're almost all from 2021. Did you see that list that I posted a couple of weeks ago? Yep. Yeah. So it's, it's simply about opportunity. So you could be getting a, a diamond in the rough in the second round, but if you don't play him, you're never going to really know. Are you? Yeah. So. Yeah. So Andrew, you put together a, uh, a Excel spreadsheet. What is this Excel spreadsheet about? Does the internet cut out? I'll tell you what the spreadsheet's about. It's, it's, it's got every team's needs in it or what Andrew thinks every team's needs are, which is a very useful thing to do. Um, yeah. Done it, and he's done it by position. So that's very good. So, um, I mean, we yeah. talked a lot about the top of this draft. I don't really see any, change, any changes or trades, at least in the top four. I think everyone's going to kind of stay where they're at unless someone goes crazy for the Lumberjacks pick. At number three. Although I am curious about um, whether... Play out. Oh, go ahead. There you are. You were cutting out a little bit there. Are you there? Are you speaking to me or commission? Either one. <laughs> Anyone out there? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm listening. I'm just having immense fun with my internet, so I'm bouncing between anchoring it and trying to get my home internet working. It's glorious. Anyway, hopefully this holds for a while. Okay, well, yeah, thank you for putting together the spreadsheet. I thought you weren't going to do any prep for this episode. I literally just put the extra, th extra 45 picks onto the bottom of the table and copied some data. I don't think it's particularly extensive prep, but... You just, I thought I'd make myself somewhat useful. Yeah, you just can't help but work on your spreadsheets. Um, so there was a little bit of talk. I don't know if it's actually going to happen, but the stars were thinking about combining their two picks to move up. If that's something that you were Portland, is that something you'd seriously consider? No, I think if you drop down to seven, uh, look, I think if you drop down, let's say you're Portland, right? And your goal was point guard. So you're, you're definitely in on the point guard plan. And I think the Humphreys move indicates that. If that is what you're doing, uh, then if you drop to seven, are you happy with Rucker? Are you happy with Rucker? I think so. You just muted me. I know, because <laughs> I was trying to unmute Jason. Jason's okay. been here twice now. Cool. No, so I think if you're, if you're comfortable with 
uh, Rucker as a substitute for Mac, um, then that there might be an interesting argument for that because I think at position ten, you you could probably find a a big man um, or a shooting guard that would allow you to cover some of the other needs we discussed on the mock, whether it be you know a long term centre replacement or postman to kind of cover Martin's role in the rotation, or or a shooting guard to prepare for Peelers. Um, decline and slash potential loss in free agency. So I think it's it would be an interesting move for the Jacks, but I, I do think that I don't think I'd be as comfortable with Rucker at point guard as I would be with Mac or Fontana. What about if you're the Scorps at five? And if let's say the, the Stars want to combine seven and ten. <sighs> I think by the time I think the two players that the Scorpions are most likely giving serious thought to at five, both are gone by seven in that scenario. Okay, probably. Um, I think you could. I think you could probably still get your hands on someone like Covington and play him at power forward alongside Jackson at center, which I think would be a good pickup. But I'm not sure what uh, I'm not sure what you'd get of great value at ten. I guess you could possibly jump in there and grab Rucker. So, you know, instead of getting Kittles or maybe Swain as like probably the two biggest names that are going to be left at that point, you know, just off like that's realistically where we see the draft playing. You end up with Rucker and Covington. Is that a, is that a, is that a win? What for? If you're giving up on Swain or Kittles, on, and the best case scenario is probably that you end up with Rucker and Covington as your two picks. I don't think, I, I don't think that's horrible. I, one thing I will say about Rucker is, what are your concerns about Rucker as a prospect? I can't say that I've given him a massive amount of, um, a massive amount of consideration. Let me um, open him up. What, Look, what, I think that... I think that generally speaking, the, the, the regular knock is when you see a player who is listed as a pointing guard, point guard, shooting guard, I don't want this to be considered a hard and fast rule, but generally people lean towards the fact that they're going to end up being a shooting guard, right? That they are offensively minded, they jack the ball, and the playmaking is a secondary component. I don't necessarily see that with Rucker. I think his defense looks reasonably competent uh, in terms of his awareness and his perimeter defense. His playmaking all looks pretty solid. I'd probably want a better three-point shot shot out of him, but and I'm not and I'm not sure he's going to be a great like pick and roll kind of point guard. But I don't think he looks weak as a point guard, and he's certainly athletically gifted. So look, I think if you were if you were the Jacks and you were sorry, if you were the if you were looking for someone a little bit more dynamic, um, I don't think he'd be a terrible a terrible selection. I think he's going to go lower than he should just because of the deep love that uh, certain people have for Fontana. Um, I do think Mac is better as a point guard prospect, a raw point, a pure point prospect. Um, I think Fontana is beloved for some intangible stuff, but. I think Rucker is a really solid third point guard in a draft class. It's just that he's the third point guard in a draft class. And as a result of team needs, he's probably going to slide. Yeah, I do think one thing about Rucker to keep in mind is that Michigan State played a grit and grind style 
and Rucker only shot 29%. I think when you play that kind of style, it's really hard to get good looks from beyond the arc. I've seen from my own Vipers team and even from Villanova that we tend to not have the most consistent three-point shots. That's something to keep in mind with Rucker. Um, And when you're looking at statistics and saying with a poor shooter, part of that might be the offensive system he was playing in with Michigan State. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm genuinely relatively hesitant to evaluate players' shooting efficiency when they are the first option on their college teams. Yeah, because you hard to get open looks, right? Well, I, I think it's I think defenses can cue more on them, uh, cue in on them more because there's less equally talented players around them that need equal defense, equally intense defensive attention. And I also think when you are the alpha on your team, part of your job is to take some shit shots occasionally. Yeah, I have a question for you, Andrew. Sure. What do you think breaks this draft in terms of uh, you know a move? early on in the board that will literally change everything? Do you think there is one particular move or one team that controls the board is probably a better, a better um, term for it? I, I, think the, I think the Knights are probably the first one. If they didn't go Fontana, and I think the consensus is they will, that would be interesting because I think you'd mm. see a, a fair bit of scrambling around for people trying to climb up a little bit and get that. Um, and the other one would be, um, and the other one is probably the Devils, because I think that the Scorpions probably have op- uh, a couple of options that they could comfortably live with. I'm not sure, depending on what they do, the Devils ha- would have the same level of options. So, if someone Swain, jump- if Swain goes top five, yep. What do the Devils do then? Well, as, as I said, you know, I, I mean, I've spent the last probably three or four podcasts, and, and I think, RKG, you probably have done this to a degree as well, saying that we quite like their backcourt. Yep. As it's currently constructed. So do I think that Kittles is a great player? Yes. But I'm not sure Kittles is a great fit there. Mm. Um, in which case, you know, do you consider trading it? I mean, if I'm the... If I'm the Devils, I think, and I think this is on, listed on the team needs on the uh, on the aforementioned spreadsheet, I'd probably be looking for small forward first, and there simply isn't one in this class at that level of the draft. With with Haywood off the board, you know, I would not be happy taking Wooten or Arnold or Gray or Dallas or any of the kind of small forwards in that range. I don't think they're worth that pick. Um, so, you know, could someone could someone try and climb in? Maybe um, they're, they're, they're the team that I can see being pinched because I think the Nashville is looking to ultimately add talent and there's a few positions they can do it. Mexico City, uh, you know, can do it, uh, can add talent in a number of different places quite happily. Even Denver, like they're, they would ideally want a small forward because they've got Shaw, but they're young enough, they're, low, they're early enough in their build that they could afford to add depth almost anywhere in a best kind of player available fashion. Atlanta's the one team up that end of the board that I see being in a position where they could get squeezed uh, and then possibly trade, which mm. would obviously mix up everything after that. Yeah, I think, I think you'll see some movement around that 6-7 mark if Kittles is still available. I think a lot of teams have him very high on their boards. I think a lot of people really like Covington as well. Yeah. 
<laughs> the Nova guys. Oh, up. my players. Except for me, <sighs> Fontana. <laughs> no, Fontana, he'll be fine. We've got five, five minutes, minutes to go. All right. Get all your workouts in. <laughs> workouts are closed. He's what? <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> And I'm taking down the entire site except for the draft screen. No, <laughs> taking down. No, no, no. You're going to you're, you're going to deactivate all of the select buttons except for the Ricky Gillespie select button. It's, it's just a really, uh, it's just a really valuable lesson for everyone to learn about the benefits of uh, well, advanced preparation. And if you didn't, you're screwed. Will Will someone actually draft Gillespie in this draft? You think, or is yeah. is he just done? Gillespie, now? look, Gillespie will go. Like it's not like Gillespie has no skills. Like Gillespie has some ability. Um, I just think that he, and I think Arnold is obviously is, is similar in this respect is that their games don't necessarily lend themselves to easily transferring to the next level. You know, Gillespie is defensively mediocre uh, and he doesn't have really good shooting from any position. Um, those Come two on, man. Facts. He's listening to this podcast. Imagine how he feels. Oh, he's crying, crying. But not in the green said, room. <laughs> no, he's going to be in the green room a long fucking time if they invited him. But like, um, who was that? Um, who was that Notre Dame quarterback that ended up in there for ages? Brady Quinn. Went to Cleveland. What? Brady Quinn. Yes, thank you. Brady Quinn is always the guy I think about who just fucking sat there forever. That was entertaining. Um, no, but look, you know, he. I don't think he's going to be uh, an average... I think he's probably going to be average or below defensively, which is problematic for small forwards given the way we are starting to really value 3 and D contributors. Um, I don't think he has the jump shot that people would be looking for from a 3 and D player. You know, I think he has potential to be a, a valuable scorer type off the bench if his shot develops. But, you know, we've seen most of those players end up you know, busting or bouncing around or having very limited roles because their defense, you know, really shows up horrifically when you look at lineup data. So do I think someone will take him? Yes. But I don't think he's going to be in the top 20. Yeah. I, he, he, he is someone who easily like QB last year could drop into the second. Yeah, I think I'd see that too. He's probably, he's probably the next Quentin Brookhart. I think there's a lot of those guys that have college ability but not huge pro potential. They're good as a stopgap, but they just don't get the chance to... My internet is unstable, isn't it? A little bit. Hello? Yeah. This back. is really frustrating. I'm back. They don't get the chance to you know, show, them, show themselves because the teams look, like the, look at them like they don't have any potential, which is what they suggest. So... Someone like Ricky Gillespie, who might have been a great college player, is probably not going to get enough time in the JBL to, to really succeed. And we've got one minute to go. We are under 45 seconds now. So start your coffee machines, hot toddies, pump, hot toddies. pumpkins. What else are they? Pumpkins? I need to go grab a beer. <laughs> pumpkins. Actually, it really should be hard liquor to start so I can do like uh, commiserations to myself for watching the vault just get the first round pick and take Winder. Yeah, just just leave now because you've got 24 seconds until that actually happens. So we are about to go. All right. 
I wonder how quick. I mean, I would think the first couple of picks are going to move pretty quickly because I think everyone is basically here. Yeah, I hope so. (sighs) And we're live. So you might have to refresh that page just to get it started. All right, sick. Let's go. Let's go. Does, does Ricky Gillespie have an injury too? He's got that plus sign on his screen. I think it's just a uh, minor injury. Just He's a whole ankle. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Come on. Let's go. <laughs> wait, Come on, wait, wait. You're on the clock. Come on. We've known the pick for, what, two weeks real time? goes by fast. I was just thinking the trade deadline was a month ago, real time. Yeah, it does go by fast. That's kind of the... <laughs> it's nice. It's a nice pace. The problem is we put, uh, I've put every senior on that page now, so the page load's a little bit slower. I probably should remove them all. 34 seconds. 35 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the vultures are going to pass. Okay, they pick Winder. The first pick in the draft to the Phoenix Vultures is Tyrone Winder, of course. So, well done to Sick for completing a ridiculous achievement. Oh, dear. Tanking without tanking. Tanking without tanking, but also drafting the son of uh, JBL legend Hall of Famer. So, yeah, well done. Unbelievable. Yeah, well, and you know what? It's bound to work out. I mean, it worked out for Trayvon Miller, right? It did. Right? It did. Um, so just while we're waiting for the kernels to pick, I'm just going to quickly jump in there. And because there's 20 people refreshing that page, it is slowing broken. down. So I'm going to, it's not broken. I'm just going to remove the seniors at the bottom of the page. Yeah. Time since last pick. Nenem Nenes. That's what I have. N-A-N-M-N-A-N-S. Yeah, because the pick hasn't actually happened yet. Ah. You guys have literally crashed the page. Well done. <laughs> right, everyone stop refreshing. <laughs> now this, this is, is the draft where we radio. broke the draft screen. This is quality radio active IT troubleshooting on air. <laughs> No, everyone refreshed the page at the exact same time and it crashed the page. That's pretty hilarious. I should really have uh, upgraded the server before today. It's worked every other year. We just have a lot of interested people this year. Yeah, it's good. Okay, give me a sec, guys. Won't be that. In the meantime, just talk about window. So what this kind of... of this pick. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Well, we are, well, we t- we talked about the big concern would be on the defensive end, right? And that he's not a small forward; he's a shooting guard. I don't even think it's a big concern. I think you uh, over uh, over um, emphasized that on the um, on the uh, mock draft. Well, overemphasizing, you just have to find a flaw, right? I'm not sure he has an active flaw. I think he has things. You're already he- down and depressed, aren't you? No, I think he's. I think he's got things that he's better at than other things, but I don't look at, uh, looking at his scouting uh, and I don't have balked. 
um, college scouting. I, I think he is solid across the board. I don't think he has a clear. I don't think he has an Achilles heel. Yeah. T Winder, Twinder. I'm gonna go on really Twinder. Crazy. Swipe right, swipe left. No, so I, I think the Winder is ultimately a, is going to be a, a a really strong player, and I think he's going to be a very strong player from day one. Um, and I think really it's just going to come down to how the Vaults build their team around him from this day onwards or from pick 12 onwards, I guess is the next time they have a chance to start to think about what they want to do around Winder. My concern with Winder, if anything, is the fact that is he good enough that he could make this team bump up the standings too quickly in the, in the West? Yeah. Because if I'm if I'm the vultures, I probably want at least one more high lottery pick before I start to push in. I wonder if he's going to be an impediment to that. I don't. I wouldn't think so. I mean, I, I don't think he's going to be. I mean, even in the West, even in Detroit's first year, I, I think West is the West is going to be more talented this year than last year. And even when J. Rob went to Detroit, did they make the playoffs that first year? I don't think they did. I think they got a low lottery pick. I think that no, was Duncan. I, okay, like what, pick nine or something like that? Nine or ten? Yeah, I think it was like nine or ten. Yeah, I think he went just uh, shortly after Prince did. Um, yeah, look, but that was still a, a considerable bump from worst team in the league upwards. And the Vaults weren't that bad last year, were they? Were they fourth worst last year? They were. I don't think they were quite as bad. Either way, I, I just think that there is a... There's a real possibility in, in, a, in a weak West that they could jump a little higher than people anticipate. They don't have to make the playoffs. I'm not saying just they're going to make the playoffs, but if they finish like, you know, two spots out of the playoffs, are you really going to get another strong player at that rate? Well, I mean, don't you think that, like, I, let's just think about the West a little bit. I mean, um, I mean, the, the Thunder is still going to be good. You would think the Scorpions are going to be a little bit better than they were last year, right? Maybe. So, um, Depends we, on who they take. Yeah, we do have we do have a second overall pick now, as the Colonels did get Jamal Haywood from Kansas. This is, is not a shock. Yeah, <laughs> yes, not not a shock, especially when they went with uh, when they traded for Prince and they traded up from three to two to get their guy. Um, what separates Haywood from Winder? Would you say he's not as good? Well, no, uh, but in what? No, okay. Obviously, I'm being I'm being silly here. Let me open them up side by side, um, and see if the if that breaks the website or my fragile internet connection. I mean, this is the draft analysis you pay for. What makes it different? You're not as good. <laughs> no, look, I, I think that obviously, uh, Winder has already demonstrated his ability as an alpha scorer, putting up what like twenty five, close to twenty five points in college, whereas Haywood was a, a, a scorer in, in the mid teens. Um, that alone, you know, there is a level of demonstrated ability, I suppose, rather than like, you know, looking at us, it may not be reflected in the scouting, but certainly if a player has already demonstrated something, you're going to be more confident about it than just purely projecting it. And I think that Winder has demonstrated that he can be an alpha in a way that clearly to date Haywood hasn't. Um, I think that from memory, and I'm struggling to get these pages open, um, I think from memory as well that Haywood is not quite there with um, 
Winder defensively quite yet. I think both of them project to be pretty good defensively for rookies, but I don't think Haywood quite had as much. So, yeah, I think Haywood is by far the strongest small forward candidate in a pretty weak class for it. And I think that he will be a, a really nice fit for the Colonels where in terms of where their holes are. But also I think that given the Colonels, um, the Colonel's concerns when they had KB, I think that, you know, it's, it's arguable that Haywood is actually a, a closer match for the kind of player they're looking for because of that. Yeah. They don't, they don't want an alpha. Yeah. They, they want to, again, be the, the King's light essentially and build around that kind of egalitarian system. So we'll be interesting to kind of see how that works with him. Um, did you ever find out what the red flag was on Isaiah Swain? Nope. No one has. Um, I, I've had a couple of people speak to me who have worked him out, who uh, had, you know, a few of the people didn't have the greatest workout with him in terms of a number out of 10. Um, but no one has come to me and said there was a particularly obnoxious, um, particularly obnoxious red flag at that level that became available with the intangibles or the work ethic or anything like that. So, uh, I am genuinely curious as to what happened there because there doesn't seem to be a, no one seems to have been coming, coming out and saying this is the issue, but people have said there is an issue. So well, is it something only one person saw and everyone freaked out? I, I don't know. Maybe. It's, could be medical, could be. Yeah, I wonder if, I, I think it's entirely possible. Kamish, is there a variation in what people see at a medical level? Uh, there can be some slight variations. Yes. Okay. I'm just going to jump off for one second. I'm going to restart the service and everything should be fine after that. As soon as the page reloads for everyone, it will work because there's far less players on this on the screen now. So it's just top 100 and it will be faster. It's just because there's 20 people refreshing every five seconds. So this is what happens. Uh, can we... Yeah, give me a second. Also, would it help if, if once a player is selected, if everyone in the channel doesn't open that player up immediately as well? <laughs> <laughs> that would probably help. But just yeah, just give me another two minutes and then uh, all will be well. We will continue to filibuster. So no so one I can, I, can I, I can confirm the number three pick, even though it hasn't come up yet, and that is Jordan Mack. Thank you for confirming that. I figured we were just going to pretend that was going to be the case anyway and yeah. go from there. Yes. Yeah. So, so the Lumberjacks got their um, more explosive playmaker at the point guard position, which really opens up what that team is going to look like going forward. I think it's, I mean, does it really, I mean, look, I think, I think how it plays on the court uh, may evolve somewhat, but I think it's going to look almost identical than it did last year. I think now that he's get now that he's gotten Mac, I, I think it's, it's really quite logical for, um, for Tim to bring everyone back. Do you think did did Tim have to renounce um, Christian in order to make this move? Do you think, or do you think that was something that? Yeah. I think he I think he might be worried about. Uh, I think he was trying to look. I think Christian would have gotten paid a little bit more than he was on. I think that's assured. So Humphreys gives him gave him a level of uh, salary stability that he wouldn't have otherwise had. But I also think he may not have wanted to deal with someone trying to bid him up on that player 
at the same time as he was dealing with Mick Swine and Sylvester and Peeler. And I think both Mick Swine, not so much six Mick Swine, because I think Tim will pay whatever it takes. But I think given Sylvester has been paid under market and Peeler is has a limited window yet, I, I could see teams trying to snipe those two players. So I, it's just a thing. I'm not sure how many how many fronts he wants to fight a battle on in free agency at all at all times. And if he knew he was going to go point guard, he's he would obviously have a, a very low willingness to pay for Christian overall. And to be honest, I probably would have sniped him on Christian. I mean, I just think that you probably could have waited on renouncing him until into free agency because you have tenure rights over all the players that you were just talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think if he, if he felt though that Mac was going to need a mentor uh, and that Christian wasn't going to do that, then Christian wasn't going to come back. Sure. I just... Um, uh, so I if, he'd made, if, he'd, if he'd made the decision outright that he wasn't going to keep him, he may as well have renounced him when he did uh, because, look, I will, I will happily admit I wouldn't have let him get him super cheap. Yeah. Well, now you can try to get him super cheap because he'll be free. Oh, it's, not a case of whether I, well, it's not a case of whether I want him. It's just a case of I would have tried to ensure that he didn't get him at a below market value. The reality is Christian scouts quite well. Um, I'm not convinced he's not capable of more on a team that plays a different kind of system. Right. I just so, think he's, I, I think it, he's just not as dynamic. And that's something that that Portland Lumberjacks have missed is that kind of like being able to put up points with the fireballs kind of teams. Well, look, I, I think if they'd had a, if they'd had one extra dynamic scoring player, they probably would have taken me out last um, year before last. Yeah. yeah. I think that's fair. Especially so, given I was the complete walking wounded by the play by the, by the finals. True. So we think um, number four, it's going to be Sasha Fantana, right? <laughs> we, we're just doing the entire, we're just turning the uh, live draft podcast into the mock draft. Basically. <laughs> Basically. Well, I, I, I think it gets tricky at five, you know? Um, that, that, that's kind of the first hot spot in my mind, I think, where it could literally go either way. But I think you could even say, quite frankly, that I, I almost feel like you could guess five and six quite well. Five being probably Kittles and six being Sweet. I would think. Or, or, not so or, sure about that. Or vice versa. Ooh, not so sure. No, but or, or vice versa would be equally possible. And I, and I do think that, you know, things could be interesting there if, if Swain goes first. Because, I, as a, again, I'm not convinced Kittles is, is, is a great pickup for the Devils. Yeah. I'm going to remove the auto refresh on the page. So if you need to refresh the page, you'll have to refresh it manually. So try not to refresh it every 20 seconds. <laughs> I'll do my best. Yeah, I'll remove that. I think it will make it go faster because it's just refreshing everyone's page every five minutes. And I think that it will make a difference. Yeah. So, um, so uh, what have you heard, Andrew, that made everyone so happy about Fontana? Um. I think that my favorite, my favorite phrase that I heard, and I believe this was relayed to me secondhand, was that at an intangibles kind of level, he would class be classified as a uh, as a super rare Pokemon. Yeah, I mean, it's it is interesting though because um, uh, I'm getting. I'm sorry, I should let you finish. No, go ahead. Uh, I think that from what I can gather, 
I think one of the reasons we all fell in love a little bit with McConnell a couple of seasons ago was everything at that kind of intangibles, leadership, defense level. Um, and it, from what I can gather, Fontana blows him out of the water. Well, and fair is fair because, as I said about um, Rucker, I think part of the reason that Rucker's three-point shooting has looked bad is because of the grit and grind system. You can make the same argument about Fontana. So I've kind of been ripping Fontana, and that's kind of a joke. But I, I, I agree based on my own – like, I didn't scout him, but he was on Villanova's team. So I got to see his intangibles, and uh, his intangibles were very, very high. Although I was a little bit disappointed he didn't do more for that Villanova team. It really was, um, you know, Covington and uh, Covington that really carried that team to as well as they did. Yeah, I, I think that there is I, – I think there are legitimate concerns around his shot. Um, it doesn't – it's not just the, um, the demonstrated at Villanova statistics. It's also – it doesn't scout particularly well either. So I don't think that it's a, a non-concern, um, but it comes down to what you're looking for uh, as, a, as a point guard. You know, if you want someone who genuinely makes everyone else on the court better uh, and provides that leadership and, and, and firm hand and stuff like that, I think he's going to be able to do that very well from day one. I, Will it I, take him... Yeah, I, I do think Fontana, RJJ, and um, Dillinger fit together really well as a core of that team moving forward. I agree, but I do think it has. I mean, but I do think that I think that core looks like it could head down the lumberjacks path of not having enough dynamism. Well, that's where they may want to be looking for a high scorer that could come available next year who might play on UConn. You know, and oh, look, I think that I think the the Dawkins stuff is a funny gag, but like the reality is. Dawkins is going to be a four-year is going to be a, a four-year senior. I don't think he's J. Rob. Um, the reality is, I would probably I wouldn't be shocked if there's plenty uh, at least one small forward player who come who is you know sitting on the declared list at a higher ranking than Dawkins come this time next year. He's not going to be first. Yeah. Um, so yep, Sasha, Sasha Fontana is the pick. So um, to talk a little bit more of, about the intangibles, which I don't have anymore, so never mind. Um, no, but his intangibles <laughs> were really good. I was looking at them from, from my Villanova scouting, and I used to have the intangibles on there, but I don't have them anymore. So to be fair, this, your team. To be fair this podcast is live in a way that none of the others are really live. There's far more chicanery and stupidity on this pod than there ever is on any other one. A lot of a uh, lot of empty air, you know. So, if you ever people listen forget, to the other podcast, people forget people forgetting their draft picks. Yeah, that won't happen this year, right? I have triple checked. I, have oh, I told you guys. I told you guys. I have used Control F on the podcast. <laughs> guys, <laughs> Sorry, look, look, look what's happening. Is it Swain? It is Swain. Okay, interesting. All right. So, um. This kind of was suggested to me last night and I was not all for it because now you have a situation where you've got uh, last year's first overall pick in Jeremy Johnson. He's probably more of a five than a four, but now you're going to squeeze him in at the four. Um, guys, um, 
Comey is happy to jump on air and talk about his Fontana pick if you want to kill some uh, airtime and let someone who can actually speak to their decision-making properly. Sounds like a great idea. All right. <laughs> I, think we could all, I, I could use a break right now from sounding stupid. Comey, you're on the pod. Good. So now I get to say stupid things. This is excellent. Go for it. Go for it. You have the, you have the conch. Okay. Um, I, I do think – well – just because, you know, I nerd out about the draft every year. Um, I think the Swain pick is interesting. It's, it's a really good pick if Jackson can play the four. It's an excellent pick if he can. Right. If you look at his, uh, his heat map, he's, uh, he's actually pretty good for mid-range. He's, he's better for mid-range than he is from inside the paint. So there is some indication that if he is able to, you know, place Jackson on the, you know, high, high post or even, you know, out on the wings, he might actually be okay out there. And I think that's one of the, the considerations behind that pick. But talk about yeah. Fontana. Yeah, talk what, about Fontana. What attracted you to, to Sasha? All right. So with Fontana, um, one, I mean, he, he's got ideal size for, for a point guard, especially for the kind of backcourt that I want with, with uh, RJJ. You know, would like to have a, a, a big, good, you know, defensive backcourt. And Fontana's stealing... Uh, and, and perimeter defense really stand out in that regard. So that that's first and foremost. Um, in all of the scouting that I have done, I have never seen a player with uh, an A-plus grade for offensive awareness, defensive awareness, and basketball IQ, which for somebody like rjj or ford or dillinger where they're developing offensive talent um that's incredible like uh, that that i feel like i can just turn it over to him from um day one and just let him grow because i feel like he's going to make everybody better because they're going to get better shots because of the decision making coming from him and then you talk about the intangibles the work ethic is there. The, the leadership grades out as an A+, and his personality is a leader. His influence is an A+, which is something that I haven't seen from too many um, draft-eligible players. Like, I feel like that's something that develops. Um, his professionalism in tandem with his leadership is fantastic. Um, he's got good hustle and flair. Um, they're not too much, but they're, they're good. But that influence and leadership uh, and professionalism that that little triangle right there is really what what did it for me overall um and it's tough to to you know i we all know the the story of, of jet weathers and and that you know my taking him at six last year was a was a bit of a resignation on my part um and i i but i thought he could grow with our with rjj um but the jump that that Ricky made offensively last year where he averaged uh, over 17 a game while shooting 47% from the field was much better than I anticipated a second year primarily defensive player to do. And when I think that his offensive ceiling is higher than I anticipated, um, I want somebody who's going to be um, – a top-notch distributor and 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 playmaker, and I feel like that that is Sasha Fantana. Very good. So, um, so now, what what does that mean for uh, for Jet Weathers? Uh, it 
I mean, it's no secret that I've, I've offered him around. Um, there are talks with some teams, um, and we'll see. I mean, if he comes into the season with the, with me, um, I mean, he's going to play. Because, I mean, you know, you don't, you don't hand, you know, 32, 34 minutes to, to a rookie point guard. Um, so he's going to play. Um, it just, he'll be, um, I think he could be a, a good tandem uh, point guard for me. And then we'll see what happens with chance. I mean, it, it's the team's evolving. You know, this is what happens when you have 30 first round picks over a four year period. Yep. Yeah. And we've talked about on the pod before, you've done a pretty, really good job, I think, accumulating additional assets. So you still have a lot of, um, a lot of picks that you can use to consolidate, to get additional players. So I think Knights are in really good shape long-term. And I, I do like, I do like the Fontana RJJ backcourt a bit better than the jet RJJ backcourt. Um, so I'll be interested to see how it works out, especially because he's a former Nova player. Yeah. I mean, I I'm, I'm happy to have him, And I think this serves as perhaps a, a good um, lesson, especially for, for newer GMs in that don't, don't worry about, um, you know, having to, I guess, change course on a rebuild um, because you want to make sure that you get it right by by what you want. And, you know, I drafted Jet last year, sixth. I'm drafting Sasha fourth this year because that's my guy. Like, that's the ideal point guard that I want for my system. And that just means, you know, I, I have to – understand that you know i didn't necessarily make a mistake last year because jet was the best player on the board um but in terms of my my system like i just i'm adjusting on the fly and that's what you have to do sometimes yeah so we've got uh several other picks that came up uh recently so we had uh swain going to the las vegas scorpions at five we had uh darius covington also villanova going to the atlanta devils at six and we had kyron kittles go falling to the nashville stars at number seven which looks like a relative steal at this point anyone have any thoughts um can we talk about how um, it's a miserable achievement by Villanova to finish where they did in the uh, in the CJB, given they had two top six picks? Just well, I think we I think we played. It just, a seems pretty, like a fair, it just seems like a fair observation. That's all. I think. Well, I, two two fat two factors. One, I think we played a pretty underseeded Florida Gators team. You know, thanks Comey and the selection committee on that. And um, number two, I think that part of the problem I think with the grit and grind style is that. While it's great when you're an underdog because you can keep games unnecessarily close, if um, you don't have a game where you're shooting well and you get into foul trouble, which is what happened in that Florida game, you can get knocked out. So You, you do I mean, realize you chose that system, right? I do realize that. Hey, look, we went, tw- we went 29-2, and two and we were number one in the AP poll at the, uh, before the tournament. So, you know, what are you going to do? It's the, the number one overall team doesn't win it every year, just what happens. I'm so with, with number seven, the number seven pick the Stars drafted, Karen Kittles, do you think that's a good fit for them? We discussed on the last that's part about... Ex- uh, that is an excellent pick for them. They are extremely lucky that has played out much better than I ever thought possible for them. Wow. Okay. With number eight pick, the Jaguars selected Bogdan Lazovic. Yeah, that was a, that is an interesting that. pick at number eight. Yeah, I, like that. I like that pick a lot. 
So, like, has there been mixed reviews from, from Lazovic? I haven't uh, really seen anyone talk about him at all. He's either a sleeper or he didn't do that well in workouts. Like, what, what, what's the deal there for anyone that worked him out? I didn't work him out, but I think what you're seeing at a – if you take out, obviously, the intangibles out of the board, is that he is a guy who has potentially a little bit of playmaking um, – really strong defense he's got really good defensive grades he can shoot from the outside so he is a genuine stretch four candidate but he's a genuine stretch four candidate who's 611 um has the wingspan he probably needs to put on weight he is can we call him can we call him meals on wheels because he, uh, he needs to eat some hot, hot, hot meals, I think. Oh, yeah. He needs to. Uh, uh, who knows what they're You know, so, uh, Serbia might be having a, a bit of hard time putting food <laughs> on the table. But, look, he, he needs to come over and eat some Mickey D's or something because he needs to stack on some pounds. I, I, I just picture him going up against, like, Wesley Sherman and just that not going too well. Gets him out no, look, by 100 I, I, but pounds. I but I think at the same time, if you think about this, right, like he's obviously a guy who's going to have to put on weight and he's probably got a little bit more upside than a lot of other picks. We talked about guys like Dikembe Dallas and stuff like that. I think the upside here is dramatically higher, but this is going to take some time. And I think there's two things to consider. One is that this Jags team is not going to get good next year, right? It's going to be a team that builds over a couple of years. So unlike, um, for instance, the Crusaders taking Bohan last year, there isn't a time pressure, an artificial time press pressure on Lazovic in the same way. Um, the Jags will develop over a period of time and that will give him a chance to develop on a normal timeline. Um, that's the first one. And I think the second one is that you know, we saw last. We talked a lot last year about the bad spacing generated between Hunter and Stackhouse. Hunter now will move to center as a, as the kind of inside player, and Lazovic as a as a guy who can shoot from outside and space the floor is is a really strong complement to that. Yeah, and he's strong defensively, which is something that Hunter is not. I, I think this is a really nice pick. So um, we've got James Wooten uh, went to the ninth overall pick to the uh, Denver Dragons. Um, so quickly, the wings are coming off the board here and there. Any thoughts on Mr. Wooten? Wooten. We, we discussed him on the, on the mock pod. Do you think he has the, the ceiling that some of the other forwards like Hayward and or any, even in the wings like Kittles has? Or is that one of the reasons he's kind of slipped a little bit? No. I think he's never going to be a star. Which is kind of what you'd want out of your lottery pick, right? Is it though? <laughs> is, is, it, is, it though pick, is it though like pick, you know, nine, ten? Like, is it, is it really though? Like, I'm not convinced of that. Like, you know, I think of guys in the NBA drafts, like, the, you know, like Bridges and stuff like that. Like, if you can shoot threes... And defend, that's really valuable. Um, this is a guy that can play defense really good and has a B plus in outside shooting. And he has the right and he has decent size. What about like a Devin Samuels here? You wouldn't like that fit better? No, because I think they've got I think they were happy with Shore at shooting guard. And they I needed think a, they needed a small forward. Yeah. And I think that Samuels is too small to play the wing, uh, to play small forward. So I, I think that this is a pretty I think this is a strong pick. I think this is a. I think this is a good fit. I think this is a good fit pick. 
Do I think that it's a little bit of a reach? Maybe, but I, I, not in a way that I find offensive. Not at all. I don't think it's a reach. I think he was going to be a lottery pick. We had him, what, at like 10, I think, 10 or 11? Uh, no, 11 was Rucker. Um, he might have gone... Yeah, he might have been... He was at 12, was he? Yeah. Yeah. Where do we mock him? Aon just said we mocked him to de- to Denver. So maybe it wasn't okay. a reach. Maybe we were. No, right I said I thought off. I thought we might have done that, but then you doubled. Then you asked the question, and I thought maybe we didn't. So we, I think we might have a trade, or there's a trade being worked on for the number ten pick. So we might have to just uh, hold tight for a few minutes while this gets worked out. Uh, just for the new listeners, someone trade someone trying but... to get up and get Rucker. <laughs> Somebody wants Rucker. Well, uh, I, I try. Well, I was only interested in trying to get in for one player, and I've I've done, I've done that. The number you've got ten minutes to do a trade, so this is about seven minutes left. So at the, at the end of that point, if the trade is not consummated, then the pick has to be made. So you've got some upperclassmen who are falling: Cole Arnold, Dikembe Dallas, um, Dikembe does Dallas. Um, they could fall out of the lottery at this point, I would think. Dallas surprises me. He was ranked. Was he ranked number two at one point? A lot of the season, yeah, a lot of the season, and he just fell towards the end. I think his uh, efficiency dropped a little bit, um, and the, he started off insanely high, insanely well. So I think that was probably one of the reasons why he was ranked so high. His statistical output was like he was averaging like forty per or something in over fifteen if, games, if, if uh, which tr- obviously if- is not sustainable. If the trade is completed for Rucker, can I unmute Calvin and hear his anguish live on the, uh, on the air? <laughs> yes, yes, please do. That would be fabulous. <laughs> Just hear him swearing in the background. Yeah, it, talk, uh, Rucker is an interesting pick here because you would think that he might have gone higher had the the board been different. And sorry, the the pick order been different because I think a lot of teams were interested in him, but all the teams that were interested in him didn't want that type of player so for example even denver you know you've got jamal adams you're not going to double up on on someone for rucker right 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 and that was the that was because i wouldn't even have picked rucker for denver because of that i would have put samuels more um than rucker but yeah okay so we've got a trade let's have a look here who's going to screw calvin over and will well, Calvin punish that person in the draft grades tomorrow? <laughs> hey, Sorry, Calvin, you there, buddy? Right. Yeah, I'm here. So any trades, just, just, just by the way, any trades need to be done through the trade machine. So you need to still submit the trade, let me know it's done, and then I will uh, process, and then the pick will update on this end. I just want you to know, Calvin, this is a safe space, so let it out. I'm nervous right now. I don't know what's going to happen. I got, I got two, <laughs> two targets though, so we'll see. What is it? Okay, you can, you can admit it now. Is Rucker the person you want? Yes. Okay. Are you so, trying to yeah. trade up to get him? <laughs> Possibly. We'll see. <laughs> Why are you on air? You can't honestly try and be air on air and do trades at the same time. It doesn't work out. <laughs> I well. wasn't, I was just unmuted. I, wasn't, I didn't ask the clone yet. My heart's racing right now. I, I got to figure this out first. I unmuted him against his will. Did you, did <laughs> you not ask for consent? <laughs> 
you know, aren't you the guy who has to deal with like the the opportunity and harassment shit at work? Don't you understand consent, Mike? I love the power. <laughs> uh, I'm just waiting for uh, it to be approved. Don't you have to approve it? <laughs> no, as in from both teams. Oh, okay. Approved by the other team. Yes, correct. Okay, I think we're good now. Give me one second. Nope. Still nothing. Sent to sent to commission, guys. So Calvin, who will you take then at number eleven overall, presuming Rutgers off the board? Uh, Samuels. I, I bet had it exactly on the mock draft about my like the rotation. Like I just need a shooting guard. That's all I need, and I'm sad because I have Kelly playing small forward and power forward. So. You could you could get Gillespie, and he could probably play some uh, shooting guard. I should. I could, you know what? I might take. Uh, I might take Gillespie. <laughs> Just to make you happy. I'm telling you, that'd make me so happy. I'd buy the jersey <laughs> for you, along with the uh, Lane All-Star jersey. Uh, why do you hate me? <laughs> Congratulations to Xavion West on his third team All-JBL team. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the trade has been consummated. So you can now pick, Kelvin. <laughs> uh, shocker, I'm gonna, or surprise, I'm going to take if it loads. Yep. Are you going to pick Covington three times? (laughs) Yeah, I am. (laughs) All right, well, I'm taking a rocker. It's not loading yet, but I'm taking a rocker. Ooh, and I I got the assist with my 2030 Viper second-round pick. You're welcome. (laughs) On our view. (laughs) Honestly, I just wanted it's a second round pick to just move up one spot. You make sure you didn't trade anywhere else. Oh, so. that, look, I mean, second, you're not going to miss that second round pick. If you got the guy you want. Nope. Yep. And so honestly, it's I survived the second round pick. Yeah. Yeah. I was considering, I was considering Samuel. I don't know why everyone hated Samuels, but to get up, I think Rucker is just has better potential. I think he's more of kind of a leading score off the bench because Cooper is more defensive and I need, I want Bohan to, have someone to kind of give him the ball type things. And I want him to be a stretch five and Weber is more of an off ball uh, guard anyway. So I kind of want Rucker to lead like the, like the rookie bench type of thing. And then I'll have my, you know, mint vets mixed in. So I think, I think it works great. Even without him being a Michigan state, I, I think it's just him as his fit as a player. I think it works. So. Yeah, no, I, I think Rucker is a good fit there. So. It'll be good. It'll be uh, quite interesting. So, uh, any any last parting words? Uh, no, no, I'll be yeah, just be around. Maybe talk some later. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to your draft trainings, Kelvin. It's always <laughs> it's always a great moment in, in, in the off season. <laughs> That's right. I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to the analysis of the Vipers' 27th overall pick. Oh my god! Just call. Just just draft Naren again. Just do it. I honestly. would. I would. He's not on my player list. I should be allowed to draft him again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Calvin. Okay, so we we're now at the number 11 pick. Nashville Stars are up. So they, they traded. Uh, full trade was the 2028 Crusaders first round pick, which was number 11. And the 2030 Vipers second round pick for the number 10 pick. So there's been some chat there saying it's probably a little bit of a underpay, I guess, but um, given the time factor, I think that, you know, you, you basically just get what you can out of these, these sort of deals. If you don't, if you didn't want Rucker, then just get, get a couple of picks and move on. 
So as long as the stars get their get their guy at number eleven, I don't think there's any anything wrong with that deal at all. Yeah, who would their guy be at number eleven? Do we think they're just looking for a small forward, right? Yeah, this is going to be an interesting pick, I think. And is this a I Cole Arnold pick? Be a, yeah, slightly slight reach, maybe. Cole Arnold, I still feel is a reach. I don't trust Dallas to be a small forward. Uh, Gray, I still wonder if he's not more a uh, a power forward than a small forward. Um, Does Dallas go go twelve if uh, to to Phoenix? If he, I don't think go, Dallas. Yeah. I don't think. Um, I don't think Phoenix needs another big right yeah. now. I'd I'd be more inclined to get a wing. So someone like you know someone like Sam. I mean, he needs point guard as well. So, you know, I, I would argue that you, you could go point guard. The next on the board would be Collier, although I don't think he's necessarily the best available. Uh, then you've got Samuels and Story at shooting guard, but that's obviously been taken. And then you've got small forward, and then you have small forward as well. But again, I don't think I love any of them as true small forwards. And if you've already got Akile playing small forward sometimes, I'd probably want a more traditional wing who can shoot a bit better the rest of the time. So, looks like we've got another 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 trade in the works. This is this tends to happen around this point because there are, the board falls a certain way and people want to trade in, and then of course the picks start cascading as the the trading continues. So, hopefully we're not too long, but uh, there's six minutes left on the clock for this trade. So I mean, we'll see what happens. Th- this is where the talent pretty much has fallen off, though, right? I mean, Rucker is the last guy you feel very confident about being an upper echelon player Dallas? if he gets opportunity. No. Samuels? No. These are all uh, I think guys for, for me for guys. me Rucker was the last one with star upside. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't sleep on Samuels and I just don't know about Dallas is just such a weird player. That he feels like a guy that someone's going to draft like unwillingly and not put him in the right opportunity and he's going to flounder. <sighs> That's my view on Dallas. What's his What's his JBL position? That's an interesting one. Who? Rucker. No, Dallas. Dallas. It has to be power forward. He can't shoot. Is he, he's primarily a paint player? Is he? Well, he he can't. He, he's he hasn't got the jump shot, um, which would theoretically rule out small forward. Yet at the same time, he's a better perimeter defender than he is a post defender, which would theoretically rule out power forward. So. Um, that's a problem. People without a positions are problems. Mm. <laughs> he, we may end up seeing him play point guard sometime in the next year. <laughs> hey, look, a Kelly won six man of the year. So yeah, he, when he finally got moved to a set position. <laughs> like, did, how, much, how much point guard did he play last year? Oh, my God. What's going on? Another trade. I wonder who this is. Who would be someone that you warned against trading and yet are trading? <laughs> oh, man. Who would we warn? Is it J-Ron? It's J-Ron, isn't it's, it? It's J-Ron. Oh. It's J-Ron. in. Actually, it's a pretty good deal, actually. Okay, so it looks like the deal is number 11 for the number 21, 34, and the 2029 Thunder second round pick. So they didn't really have any room for those uh, late 20s. Uh, and that's probably why those late picks. And it looks like the Fireballs will be taking Devin Samuels. What a shock! That's a steal. Yep. That that's is pretty. 
yeah. Wow. Great job, J-Ron. It's a good trade by J-Ron. I still don't like that he traded. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> but hang on. Well, he had those I, picks, I though. Hang I, on. He's got, he had 21 and 34. Those, those picks would not be getting time in a Fireballs championship season. Right? I agree. No, no, no. As, as I said, it's a really good trade on paper. I still don't love the fact that he has traded at all. <laughs> yeah, you're just you're just you're just diametrically bitter to him doing. No, no, no. Yeah. But like, this makes sense after the first trade. Yeah, and given I mean, that he has already done, given that he has already done a trade, this move makes sense, and it is a good trade. I wish he hadn't done anything, including the first trade. Is I that mean, clearer? Bloom, Bloom, and Samuels. That's going to be a nice backcourt once uh, Lacruz is done. Lacruz and Porter might make Porter expendable. No. No. Nah. I, I, I think you're overrating um, Samuels. Okay. We will see. Okay. Maybe he could at least One. get like five second round picks for Samuels then if you wanted to trade him. <laughs> trade has gone through. So the fireballs are about to pick. And then we're on to the Phoenix Vultures. So this is an, another interesting board, as we were saying, for the Vaults. What do they do here? Who have you, what have you got for them? Andrew, you've got a winger or a point guard. Okay, there is, a, there is a particular player that I would take here that I think is a crazy swing and miss, but I'm not going to say it on air. It's a crazy swing and miss, so it's a player that you would think <laughs> that would be bad. I may have used the wrong, I may have used the wrong phrase there. It is a... I, I oh, would, swing I and would, home run. Swing and home run. No, I, I, I would take a very risky... I would take a very risky move and make a very big reach at this position. Um, I do not see it being the pick, but I do not want to reveal at this point who that player is because I know he is on a lot of people's sleeper boards and I don't want to bring anyone else's attention to him because I think he will go early, just not this early. I mean, you could say Ricky Gillespie's name. It is not Ricky Gillespie. (laughs) Ricky Gillespie is the inverse of this player. It's all said boom or bust pick is the right phrasing. Yes, I think that is probably a fair way to phrase it. <laughs> Having said that, I did notice that you cut uh, the um, your inability to find the word anticipated out of the start of the podcast. Which was- yeah, dude, I was just, yeah, <laughs> I, was drunk. I was drunk. Kamish took about five minutes at the start of the podcast to try. I couldn't, I couldn't get the word, the word anticipated. anticipated out. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it just takes a couple of minutes to get going. That's all right. Yeah, it's fine. Sorry, you, sorry were you interrupting me again? Ooh. Well, that was the one time I definitely interrupted you on the pod. <laughs> yeah. That's what people were talking about. Why didn't you shut the... Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the Vultures are now up. So with number 11 pick, the Fireballs have drafted Devin Samuels from UConn. I think this, this is actually working out to be quite a good draft for everyone on the board, I, w- I would argue. I, I mean... Probably the Jaguars are the only ones that really kind of got screwed, I think, by, by Covington going early or Swain. But what about the stars? I mean, are the stars going to have a too many players problem at a certain point? It's a risk if they keep everyone in free agency. But there's enough players in free there's enough players in free agency now that you know that's up in the air. I mean, they've got Gregory in free agency, Barry in free agency. Isn't um, Worthington there as well? Yeah, I think Worthington is a restricted free agent. So I mean, that's that's a lot of flex i suppose in but if they brought everyone back and added those players yes that, that is too many players you will see 
I can't wait to see, find out what you, who your swing and swing and miss is, uh, you know, on the board when that player comes off the board. I'll tell you. That. I will tell. I will. I will reveal all when that player comes off the board. You will reveal all, will you? Well, all that I have to reveal, which is not very much. You'll note that it, you'll note that on the spreadsheet, I did not start ranking players further down than I did the other day. I only listed the only listed the team. Also. I do think this year, this is probably the year we've done the best in terms of not spilling any quote unquote sleepers or anything like that. Which That's is because he took some ridiculous picks on the mark. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're going <laughs> to some, see some really ridiculous picks in a, in a couple more picks. I, I think like that. It. I think if I'm the Jags, uh, I'm I'm definitely taking at least one swing at it in that group of three. How do Jags give four rookies time though? It's not really going to happen, is it? But are they going to give four rookies time at the same time? I mean, they've got like it, you, at this point, you would assume their starting lineup is is Whiteside, Dunn, Hole at small forward, Lazovic, and Hunter. Most of the rookies will be playing bench roles. Mm, it's true. That's very manageable. I mean, it's not a recipe for like you know winning a lot of games, but given they have their own draft pick next year, I'm not sure they want to win lots and lots of games. Who would the Jags have taken had they had the third overall pick this year instead of it being traded to the Jacks? Um, I think the only player you would say that definitely wouldn't have been if they'd had third... Uh, I think it probably would have been Mac. Yeah. I think it would have been Mac or Fontana based on what type of uh, player they want at point guard moving forward. Would, would this that. have been bef- before they got Hunter? Before they got Hunter, I think they would have been a very plausible candidate for Swain. Swain, yeah. that's Because right. they were they are the one team that was pretty much a blank slate. And I think, the, I think Swain's size and nature requires a particular type of build to work. I don't think, I think Swain probably rules out a fast paced system. Um, and it's easier to make those decisions when you have a clean slate. Hmm. I think every other team had a lot invested, had enough invested in their current system that it would have been a, the barriers to swapping would have been higher. So it looks like uh, there's going to be another deal. There's a deal happening at the moment. This is this is amazing. This, this tends to happen in in runs, and I would suggest that number thirteen also gets traded. No, I think that there is there is still there is stuff available at thirteen. Yeah, the, the above the above what was it? What was the over under on trades? Two point five. No, I, I jokingly threw out four as the number. Um, I think it's been much, much higher than that before, but we weren't getting... Uh, we weren't, there wasn't a huge amount of like trade discussion. There were a few points that I thought a trade could occur. Um, I didn't necessarily anticipate you know, um, a, 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 a small little extortion attempt by Batman. Um, and I didn't necessarily see... Uh, and I should have seen it, J-Ron trading up. Um, so yeah, I, I, if I put, if I'd probably put a serious number in place, I probably would have said six for the draft, including the second round. Yep. But then again, I know that someone is, someone in the second round is going to fall in love with someone and do something silly too. Oh, there's always guys that are available that you don't think are going to be available and people try to, 
around the, around the 35 40 mark that's when uh, there's there's usually another couple couple of trades absolutely so, yeah speaking of uh of batman did you guys happen to see jayron's excellent design of the uh the gotham city yep Nashville? I think Cincinnati and Nashville have really obvious city lineups. Yes. Uh, I'm not <laughs> yep. sure about what people are going to have for the rest of them. I'm just sharing it again in the channel in case anyone missed it. It's it's absolutely amazing. So just as a little thing, we're going to be doing some city jerseys this year. They'll be slightly more expensive, but the money for that will be going towards some very special things for the JBL Vegas. Strippers so and blow. <laughs> because uh, I also realized that uh, I actually made a $150 loss on the last <laughs> set of jerseys. So the price needed to go up a little bit as well. So, yes, that's just because of uh, shipping. Unfortunately, you guys live in the wrong country. Sorry. Or perhaps I do. Sorry. Yep. I know. We all live around the world. Yeah. Okay, so we've got another three minutes to filibuster before this trade is either done or... Not. Hasn't it been 10 minutes already? Yeah, seriously. Three minutes sick. You got, I got an off oh, fuck on the channel, so. Always always a good sign there. Pod guys talk about Covington and Swain. They got glossed over. Good, good point. Actually, Covington in, in Atlanta. That would... Would you say it was an interesting pick? No, I think it. I think it fits well next. To, I think he's a good fit next to um, Miller. Next to Miller, um, mm. uh, if you're going to keep Miller there long term, and you know, you you look at the scouting for his team, it still says Miller is the best player on that team. Um, I'm not convinced Miller has zero value. Although, I, again, I've I've spoken about his you know future as like a bench role off scorer. But if you want to make one last attempt to salvage him, I think someone like Covington next to him is a is a really good fit. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to prove to be a futile attempt, but I think Covington works really well there. And I don't think adding a a, a more stout defensive minded player is a is a bad thing when you've already got a you know when you've got Valentine and uh, and Harmon as your backcourt. I think adding a little mm. bit of stoutness probably is is good. Yeah, I, I like Valentine, Harmon, Covington, and Miller, and then small forward is kind of a work in progress, but maybe you hope Nikos makes a leap or something there. Um, but otherwise... But having four, like four out of five slots kind of filled now, is it's this, the team's starting to come together a lot more than it has looked in the last few years, and they're getting those, those talented players coming through now rather than just, you know. So I think Nikos, for instance, was never touted to be anything more than a starter. Yeah, yeah, I think that's I think star, that's right? fair, and I think Kenny Robertson. It was the same. I think you know the, the odds yeah. were. The, I think the team would have been hoping that one of them showed a little bit more. But I think mm. right now, you know, they've got. I mean, have they, they've got a reasonable amount of cap space, haven't they, heading into France? Yeah, they've also they also discovered they've got fifty one million on the books at the moment. Um, they also discovered Tyson Shaw towards the end of last season, yeah. who played very well. So I think the rotation is really coming together. Um, they're probably still not a playoff team until. Valentine gets his shooting sorted out, but you know, if you want to look at a, a player that was glossed over for um, his talent, with um, Dominic Harmon is probably the guy there. Seventeen points per game, six rebounds, seven point seven assists. Guy nearly averaged triple double um, throughout some points of the season. So yeah, Har- they're, they're really putting it together. He he was really unlocked with um, playing next to Valentine this year. Um, I mean, he just was so. Oh. 
They've got Brooks at small forward now from the fireballs. Yep. He's Which is, you know, the, 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 the more steady player. I think that's the one position where there's probably some more upside there. And if they, and I, I believe they do have a second rounder, you know, I think I, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see them trying to, do they have a second rounder? I thought they did. Nope. They don't. Well, well. Yeah, they don't but uh, okay, so what about Swain? I mean, there was a lot of talk. So, I mean, we think we can review now. There wasn't really any red flags. I think he was just bombing some workouts. And as a result, his agent pulled some workouts. Uh, wow, there is a big trade going down, which actually involves a player. Oh, okay, this is interesting. Oh boy, I'm TV laden. Oh my goodness, is this um, is this going to be uh, Jet Weathers? Hey, how'd you know that? <laughs> That was I always, honestly that was have no, <laughs> I have no intel, but I just sneaking suspicion. Does Comey need some entry music at this point? Like, he's, he's, he's hang trade, on, he hasn't come through the trade machine yet. I'm just waiting for it. Comey is, and Seek, please. Is uh, Comey's trade record so good over the last season that he now needs like WWE style entry? <laughs> so is the trade good? Yeah, it's good. Comey yeah, let him. St- Straight up. Let's see. Here we go. Okay. So before we're going to need to obviously wait now for the Knights to make their pick. Uh, Jet on the Vultures next to Winter. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think it does too. Do you reckon uh, Jet's sort of shoot first mentality will be tempered a little bit by Winter's high usage? You'd think that it probably will be. Um, I, I think it's unlikely that Jet's going to jack it up dramatically. Did he? Did he really shoot it that much last year? Oh, I don't think it was uh, out of the. You know, it wasn't crazy, but he um, he just has that shoot first mentality. I'm just, I'm just jumping jumping into his profile now, trying right, to crash his, the website. His, what, how many shots does he put up per thirty six? Is is the number? Fifteen I was fifteen per thirty six. So yeah, not that's not outrageous. Yeah. No. So he shot 38% from the field, 27 from three. He averaged 11, three and seven and one steal a game. Um, he had a okay rookie year. It was okay. It was fine. He's just, his shooting and scoring is just not, not there yet. yet. So I think that those are the, these are the things that, that do develop the most uh, out of the rookies. They kind of get used to that. And of course, the you know the endurance and the, the motor comes up as well. But you can't you can't buy playmaking and awareness. I so, think who, who's the pick for the Knights here then at twelve? <laughs> is it going to be traded? Is it Dallas? Could be. Mate, is that is that what this is all about? Someone's trying to trade up to get Dallas. Dallas or Gray would Dallas or Gray would make sense for Comey. Poor Cole. I, I wonder if Cleesby's listening to this. If you if you are Cleesby, um, your, your boy's slipping out of the lottery. Poor Cleesby. Surprise. Yeah, Sorry, man. Cleesby. It's not our fault <laughs> that Arnold is mediocre. <laughs> he said that uh, ju- all Duke players will refuse to uh, work out for um, for teams that criticize uh, that criticize Arnold on air. So let's, let's talk about uh, the possibility of having draft promises. This has been something that's brought up every single year that saying, oh, I will promise this player this position um, and that will force them to sort of come out. Do you think that is a good mechanic and 
do you think it would should be used? I'm 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 just I'm I'm in really am in two minds about it because I'm not sure how realistic it is for one. I sorry, is it is it just purely a case of promising players and they will then and, and they, they will then declare? Or are you also thinking of having promises at a level where if someone promises Swain pick one, he doesn't work out for anyone else? Both. Those those sort of picks would only happen at a certain point because you know Swain is not is going to do three or four workouts, but if you're not guaranteed number one or two or three, there's no point. Um, I like workouts. I like the I like the idea of players. If if you promise a player in the draft class, um, you're going to pick them at number three, that they shut workouts down. I do like that because I I think that creates some interesting um, information asymmetry. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think would be interesting for for the metagame. Um, I would prefer players not be able to dra- be dragged out of college before their time, because I think the development of the college game is is beneficial to the universe as a whole. What if um, it's only limited to lottery teams that can make promises? Um, that would that would make me feel more comfortable. But I think that that wouldn't affect that many players. I think what people are really asking for is if I promise this guy who doesn't look like he's going to declare a spot, will he come? Okay, so with the number 12 pick, the Knights drafted Jalen Nelson from Indiana. So you had uh, Nelson at 14, I think. Is he collecting centers now instead of point guards? I, I like the pick. Uh, I mean, he's I like the pick for for Jalen Nelson. Like, I think he's a good player, and I think he was going to go high as we predicted on the podcast. But I, I do must I must admit, I, I I thought Comey was already quite happy with Dillinger and Wood as well. Um, I'm not sure where what that means for one of those two guys because I, I I don't think you can play three centers. Mm. Try. See what happens. Well, to be fair, the Barons did for parts of last season with Hooker at, at small forward. He's a power forward, so Comey's yelling he's a power forward. Will, yeah, he, let, will he get much time this year? Let me, uh, let me unmute Comey, and he can tell us himself. Hey, uh, John, you're on, the, you're on the pod. Yep. Hello. Um, Look at that. He's a power forward. He's a power forward. <laughs> he, he is a oh. power forward. Okay. Um, so... Let me go through the, this process with, with Nelson. Um, the very first thing that jumps out, I mean, he's a defensively-minded player. Um, his post-defense rates is an A+. His blocking rates is an A+. His strength is a freakish shot-blocking ability and timing. Um, Athletic-wise, he rates as an A for everything. He is an, an, and an A+, on athleticism. He's an extremely athletic player. He's a power forward. He's going to play at the power forward. His IQ is good. His awareness is good. Again, he's not the most offensively-minded player, but to be honest, I think Travis Wood is good enough to, to shoulder that load down low. Um, he also does rate as an A in finishing and an A in po- A-plus in post-execution. So he's capable. I think there's a higher ceiling offensively. Um, Rebounding-wise, he rates as an A-plus on both offense and defense. So you're getting a, a, a complete player um, in, in this regard. And, and he's definitely athletic enough to be able to play the four. So he's going to play the four. 
Then if you want to look at the intangibles again, he's got an A plus on work ethic and an A plus on leadership and an A in influence. So now I've gone from a team with no leaders to a team with potentially two excellent leaders. Does it not concern you at all that he can't shoot? No, because his inside scoring rates is an A minus. He does rate as a B plus overall with shooting and a B plus overall with scoring. But again, I have Wood. But, but, but at, 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 at the four, do you not do you not do you not uh, does it the sorry does the poor outside and mid shooting not concern you at all at playing him at the four? No, because I did it with Dillinger last year and, and it worked out pretty well. Okay. So th- those things are not of a regard. I, I feel like Nelson can be an excellent professional player and he can. And the other benefit here is he can play both power forward and center. He has the size to do both. So oh, no, I, I, I definitely agree with that part. I, I just, I, I have, I have concerns playing someone who can't shoot at, at, sorry, I have, I have concerns playing someone who cannot shoot at, at the four. That's just my personal bug there. But all the things you listed as strengths make me think he's a fantastic center candidate. That's oh yeah, no, I think I think he could be there too, but um, I just I, you know what at this range, especially in this draft where it's weird, um, I want to collect good players, and Nelson I, fits my team, and I moved somebody who, while I think he's going to be good, didn't fit my team. So overall, that that's a win for me. And I think overall it's a win for Jet Weathers because he's going to go to somewhere where he's going to play. So I'm I'm happy with this move because I'm getting I'm getting value to added to my team. To my who's your guy. starting lineup this year? Okay. Uh, Fontana, RJJ, um, Ford, and then there will be a combination of Nelson, Dillinger, and Wood, depending <laughs> on any variety of factors. But that that's going to be the starting five. Yeah, it's a young team. Very young. It is. It's going to be interesting. Question for, question from, for Comey from Calvin. Do you have any interest in moving Campbell from other teams or was it even an option rather than Weathers? Um, it's funny you say that because... Uh, give, give me one second. Two other teams, do you mean, Kelvin? Give, give, me, give, me, give me one second. Um, <laughs> awesome radio. You have... You have mail. I do have mail. <laughs> yeah. I heard this, the Slack noise come up in the background. So did I. I, like, <laughs> I absolutely heard it too. And I actually went and looked at mine. Yeah. Hang on a second. <laughs> I think we have solved. I think Comey's background this uh, noise this year uh, has uh, solved the mystery for us. Um, it's, it's not helicopters. Well, and I, I guess I can announce a trade. Um, I guess I can announce a trade. Uh, Chance Campbell has been traded to Pittsburgh. Yay! Uh, in a <laughs> Hang on a second. <laughs> I, I have attached um, Chicago's first-round pick next year um, to get my first-round pick in 2030. It's a little more than I want to pay, but I do think that my pick in 2030 um, might be a more attractive asset than a Jailbirds team going all out for one more year. And so if I want to make a move for an alpha score and alpha alpha score next year, my pick is probably a more attractive one to have. I think controlling your own destiny always makes it a more valuable pick to you personally anyway. I don't think that's an outrageous price. 
Yeah, and if things break right in the draft, um, I'll fill Campbell's um, the the hole that left from Campbell here. Yep, and meanwhile, I've had googly eyes for uh, Campbell for about three seasons now, so happy to get him on the team. And yeah, uh, will he, he actually play? He will actually play. I think he will actually be the starting point guard this year. So, I mean, I, I think it's a win-win for everybody. I'm, I'm sure that I, I probably did pay a little more to get my pick back, but again, I'm thinking long haul on this. Yes, but you literally like stole the first round pick printing press for most of the last season. So I think it's not really a, a particularly large overpay in that context. Yeah, true. Ooh, the Tridents now have just drafted Dikembe Dallas at number 13. Yeah. I was thinking no. about Dallas, but Nelson felt uh, fit my contract better. Dikembe Dallas is the player I was thinking was still viable for the Tritons when we were talking just before. Okay, so the Lumberjacks are up now. So what do Lumberjacks do here? The, you had them on the draft board as needing uh, BPA with a tilt towards need. So who's the best player on the board right now? Uh, Arnold? No. Probably. I, I think Gray is better than Arnold. If you're looking at that, at that wing spot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's also, you know, if you like story or towers at shooting guard, I, I think the logical move might be to take either the, the one you prefer out of story and towers to have insurance for Peeler. Yeah. Peeler is an interesting one. I mean, what do you think his value is going to be on this market given his age? Is he going to get 24 million? In this market, but that's the thing. Like, there's enough teams that could probably afford to give him a, a two-year contract at that money, and then he fades into the distance afterwards. Mm. Like, the issue is about the length of the contract, not the amount of the contract. I'm pretty confident that he can break even production-wise on 24 million. Probably not 28, but you know, some teams can afford that because it's silly money at a certain point. But like, uh, I do wonder. I wonder whether the issue is not going to be about the length of the contract, not about the dollars. Yeah, usually when the uh, players are older, they want security and to maximize their contracts rather than the actual value of it. So he might ask for $20 million over three years rather than 24 over two. Correct. But it's interesting, interesting in context of what the Lumberjacks do here and whether they go for a wing, whether they go for another big guy. Yeah. Well, I don't think the there's... There's no real big big centers left on this. I'm not convinced there's a good center. I'm not convinced there's a a, a center candidate that I'd be wanting to reach for here. I think probably the next two guys that you'd consider would be um, Kelly Hobbs or Brevin Rivera, uh, one of whom is listed as a power forward but is a center, um, as all power forward centers are. Um, And, uh, yeah, it's not a great spot for them to be picking. Um, but I, I do think probably you'd take one of the guys who's shooting guard eligible. And who's that going to be? <laughs> I listed their names a second ago. Story or Towers? Yeah, we, you reckon? Okay, Story or Towers. Okay. I wanted you to make one pick. Oh, you want me to make one pick out of the two? Yeah. Let me yeah. Uh, 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 uh. I feel like Towers is, is going to be Towers. That's my guess. 
Um, With one no second. whatsoever. Uh, I think it will definitely be story. <laughs> no, because story. Look, story is a better defender and can play and can shoot the three ball. He's a, he's a true three and D kind of guy, um, and I think that that's not a bad kind. He can play both shooting guard and small forward. Has the size to do both. Um, and the last part that I think is beneficial is that if you're looking for a long term complement to Mac, Mac is. Um, I think the dynamic in that backcourt, which has always been Peeler does everything and the point guard point guard just kind of passes the ball around. I think that dynamic is going to shift towards Mac as a more dynamic player. In which case, having the more the role player at shooting guard, I think, works long term. Okay, no, that's fair enough. I, I like that that thought process. Okay, so we're nearly at the end of the, the Lumberjacks. You've got 30 seconds, Tim. Sorry, I was having some, uh, <clears throat> having some discussions in the background. I, was, I, know you were. I thought you were having another hot toddy. No, 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 no. I probably should, but... No more hot toddy for me. Yeah. Who's having a conversation? Can you stop the slack beeping, please? It's not me. Giving everyone a, a little bit of a wider berth because I know that the site is loading a bit slower than it has been in the past. It seems to be fine now. So if you are still having problems, remember you do have to refresh manually because I turned that off. And the Lumberjacks have just picked Kadeem Barlow from Kansas at number 14. Whoa. Yep. Wow. That's the player. <laughs> well, I had, I had a number of people saying they wanted to trade in sort of early 18, 19, 20 around the, one of those Jags picks for Barlow. Uh, so that is a great pick by the Lumberjacks and has destroyed a lot of people's... <laughs> yep. He was always going to go early, which is why I never wanted to say his name on air because I figured there were enough people who were already ready to snipe. Yeah, they would have been upset if you'd done that, I think. So, good move. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a great, great reach. And that's the end of the lottery, technically. So, uh, now we're up to the Barons. So this is Ricky Gillespie territory written all over it. This is definitely Ricky Gillespie territory. Can you talk about Barlow? Anyone? Did you do? Did you scout him, Andrew? Yeah. So he's a nice, he got really nice size at six foot six. Um, right. The playmaking part is the is the absolute highlight. He's like A pluses and A's for all the playmaking categories. Yeah. Let me just pull him up again a little bit. So just Hawk. Uh, yeah. What happens to Hawk now? <laughs> so that's two point guards now, right? Yeah. That's yeah, actually pretty think, interesting. I, but I think you can afford to hold Barlow for a year or so and like see out that. How long, long has that Hawk contract got? One year or two? It's only three million anyway. It's not a it's not a big. Drop. No, I know, but like I think yeah. you you could probably have Hawk in the rotation this year and then you swap it the following. Yeah, quite easily. I just said something interesting. He only started five games in four years at Kansas, so yeah, interesting test of raw talent versus experience. Very true. I mean, some of the the college, uh, I won't say that the AI is bad, but what tends to happen is that the teams will have a decent starter and then they'll get a, a young player coming in and they'll 
shove the starter off back to the bench. And that, that's happened quite a few times and we've seen that. I mean, even with Nelson, Nelson was starting his first three seasons or first two seasons and then didn't play. So it was Bar- on the bench for, for his senior year. Barlow played 25% in center. What? That's what Andrew just okay, that's said. Interesting. That's some interesting rotations. That's probably a bug. <laughs> uh, he, no, well, he, he's allowed to play. He's tall enough to play center for the Houston Rockets. Like, yeah, that's exactly right. It's not a bug. It's a feature. Okay, and so number fifteen. Number fifteen. We've got Jamie Gray being drafted to the OKC Barons. Yeah, it's a good pick. I think I, I think like that pick, pick too. Yeah. I was trying to trade up with the uh, the Jacks and uh, to go up and get that guy. So yeah, I think he absolutely fits you like a glove. Thanks. <laughs> but you're not going to get him. <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do? Tough shit. Good player, can stretch the floor. Nice defensive ability. He's a power forward. He's not a small forward. So I agree. I agree that he's uh, unless his shot. I think if his shot develops further, he could end up playing small forward as well. But right now, I think he's power forward. Yeah. It's always interesting getting uh, you know tweener guys or guys that play multiple positions in college, and then having them they get shoved into one position in the JBL, and then that's their position forever. I mean, Ivory's one guy that bucked that trend, didn't he? He did. Do you, do you think Diop will end up playing anything else other than small forward, Andrew? Who? Diop. Diop. Yeah. Well, I think he's playing shooting guard at the moment. <laughs> what about power forward? I can't see it at his weight. Yeah, he's really, he's really light, isn't he? Yeah. Okay, so we've got the Devils. I will be right back in about two minutes. So hopefully... Oh, there we go. The Devils have drafted Jordan Collier from Oklahoma. Okay. Things are getting very interesting now. And Munns is on the board. Arnold's still sitting there. Wait, wait, what, what do people like about Ar- what don't people like about Arnold? Is his upside? Is his crap? That's some uh, that's some great analysis right there. What makes him crap? High floor, low ceiling. There you go. So, about high floor, low ceiling guys, it's actually probably decent around this this uh, you know fifteen to twenty mark. Would you not agree? Yeah, I'd see that. I mean, a guy you're drafting this late, you're not expecting him to be a superstar anyway. So wouldn't no, you someone who can actually contribute? You're, you're looking for a good role player, basically. <laughs> Andrew just said he's got th- three to five stars possibly in his scouting. Who? And that kid and that kids is why you put money into scouting. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be right back. Oh, I'm gonna mute myself, so you have to unmute me when I return. Okay. Um, you might be in a position where you have to filibuster in a second. Might. I have to filibuster? You might have to. You don't have to yet. I'm saying that there is a possibility that in the near future, you may need to filibuster. Why? Because you're having chats? Well, I'm having chats too. Well, I'm sorry. One of us has to deliver. You've been having chats for longer. It's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So who else do we have that's coming up? So... Um, we have Ricky Gillespie still on the board. Um, Cedric Towers. I just, can't, I just want him to drop as far as physically possible. I think you're going to get your wish, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. 
So uh, it's definitely, uh, definitely got him on the board. Um, Cedric Towers, Brevin Rivera, Malik Cameron, you know. Let me see. Anyone else want to hop on the pod and talk for a little bit? Please, someone put their hand up. <laughs> someone put their hand up. We can always use a break at this time. See, when our when our podcasts are prepared, then we could just kind of go through them. So that that trash try. talk about Nelson in the channel from about ten minutes ago is pretty good. <laughs> All right, so I'm I'm, I'm going to unmute several people. I'm going to let's have some carnage. I'm going to uh, <laughs> unmute Izold. I'm going to. Uh, unmute Calvin. And I'm gonna <laughs> unmute Comey. I'm gonna unmute Mike. All right, you four, go at it. Wow, is this like the Hunger Games going on here, or what? Now you can find out how hard it is not to interrupt each other. It's really fun when each other. It's really fun when people who don't know how to pod get get the pod. <laughs> well, no, well, no, I mean I've I've done podcasts with uh, Claysby and CSL before. So, uh, you know, this is a new thing. And I was on quite a few of the uh, NNL podcasts uh, when that was a thing. So I was talking about Calvin. Yeah, I have no idea what I'm doing. It's like, it's like vocal bumper cars. <laughs> I've got the Calvin part. Let me do it. Uh, uh, Let's hear it, Mike. Okay, okay so here, I'll, I'll pose a question to everybody. Uh, I'll pose a question to everybody. Um, who would you say is the biggest reach so far? Ooh. Um, mm. That's a great question, actually. Lazovich? This is the reach. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have Lazovich that high. Yeah. I, I'd say Lazovich. I guess Lazovich, but I still have him like 12, 13, so it's not only anyone's been a huge reach. And I... I I think that's the problem with the perception of this draft is that um, out outside of the top seven, any pick can be considered a reach because the perceptions are so different and everybody's so muddled from, from pick really looking at it here from, from 12 on in terms of the general consensus. Which everybody. Is Scouting is available for everyone now. So everyone has a scouting, but it's still it's it's such a crapshoot now, as opposed to I think other years. Yeah. So uh, it comes but, down to personal preference and how you're making your team. Uh personally I'm gonna call Dallas Reach. I just I don't like positionless guys. You end up flipping them between spot to spot and they never really find a home. So then they get dealt around because people look at the talent level and they go, oh, I can fix him. And then it's like, oh, shit, I can't. Now I have to trade him. And his trade value eventually diminishes more and more. And people finally give up. And then he bounces around the league on Minsal deals. Well, but I think a bigger piece for uh, uh, Lezovich is that's the Jaguars' first of five first-round picks. And at the best, he was ranked 16 on one of the boards. You're taking him at eight, so that's twice as high as he should have gone, theoretically. Their next three picks will define if they don't trade out. I'm assuming they're trading out of the next three picks. Because I can't see him bringing all five rookies around. Um, so I'll, I, I, was, I got 12 in part um, to try and get a couple more picks. And I had talked to uh, Grunter about... Um, 
you know, those picks. And at the time, uh, two of his guys were still there. And so he was hanging on to them. So I'm expecting uh, at least two of those picks to get made. I mean, obviously, unless somebody went, but I'm expecting two of those picks to get made. I'm curious to see who his two guys are because I have no idea. I don't know yeah. who's left that fits that team. Well, I mean, it's – well, I think a lot of people fit that team right now. Um, well, but I also think that he's probably got deal was going on since we've lost both announcers, and that's not including anyone else in talks with him. Yeah. Someone may jump up to take a chance on Cole Arnold. I know everybody likes to make fun of it, but someone will willing to take a chance this late. And then people will make fun about it. Um, oh, no. That's bound to happen anyway. Yeah, I mean, at what point do you have to take a player based on the, the brand, on the reputation? You know, Cole Arnold was considered um, – if he came out last year, he would have been a top-five pick. He was actually ranked number two at one time during the college yes. process. Yes, and that, that was last year. And now, I mean, even – Oh, I'm talking this year, this season oh, in college. When he came when, – when, when the I was, rankings came out, yes. I was tracking him, and he was in the top two. You can't go from top two – or in theory, it seems mind-blowing in a computer game for a guy to go top two-level talent to you aren't even worried of being top 20 talent. Well, there's Quentin Brookhart. Everyone loves Brookhart. He was on everybody's draft board last year. Yeah, that that's so Brookhart. Ben Whitty got forty fourth. Um, so just to shift it, um, shift the conversation a little bit and talk about Jordan Collier. Is he a Shanti Brooks for a new generation? Brooks being a six foot point guard who had a ton of talent but could never get on the court, and. Now he's on what, like his sixteen? I mean, he was he was with the Knights for a while and and did play reasonably well when he got on, but he couldn't get on. And so it's just it's something where how much does size matter at the point guard spot? Well, I also think the Devils, pretty much when I talked to Ed, have given up on, and I am blinking on his name. Who was the guard who has the talent but didn't start for him all year? Yeah, Kendrick Hill is is. Uh, yeah, he's given up on Hill. So yeah, he's not coming back. I think it's pretty much just trying to find a body for the position. But he's got a lot of talent. Collier does. I don't know how much of that is. Deep well, in. but I don't know if it's going to be starting talent. Is no, it Ballant- won't. Balanson's going to slide into the starting role for point guard, probably. Yeah, it, it won't be if he didn't take Kittles at, at six. Um, you know then. Uh, Valentine is is going to probably you know stay at the point with Harmon as the shooting guard. So um, I don't know if any picks have been made. I know that there have been trade talks in Dallas, and so we're kind of waiting yeah, that out. Well, eight, I guess. Um, oh nope, there it is. So the the Dallas has traded their first round pick to Baltimore. Uh, for the Barons' second-round pick next year and the Bullets' first-round pick in 2031. So Baltimore now on the block, and it's a wonder about where Fed is looking to go with this pick. Uh, we can't unmute your commission because we don't have any control. I wonder, Am I actually muted? You're you are not. So I can be heard? Yes, sir. Yes. Well, let me press the button and then we can talk about it. 
Okay. Damn you. So, I'm back to oh, it. Is I'm back to <laughs> That's a good pick. Okay. Trey Story from Tennessee. Combo thing. <laughs> Very good pick. A lot of people got angry then. <laughs> at me? Yeah. yeah. Of course. Oh. Everyone's always angry at you. Uh, nothing new. <laughs> Talk about Trey Story. Uh, basically, um, I have, um, based on, and it's, it's visible, uh, since last off season where I threw a lot of money around at guys like, um, DeMarco Prince and Justin Timberlake. Those are guys that I was not Justin just Timberlake? purely, what? Justin Timberlake? <laughs> Timberlake. Yep. Jordan. <laughs> I know. I always do that. Um, and I'm not the only one who's done it for the record. I know. Um, I know. No, but Bring look, I think sexy uh, back. Basically, I, I was looking at um, at uh, shooting guards that had size and could defend. Um, because if I do keep playing um, that two-point guard to a degree, then it will be beneficial to have that, that extra shooting guard be a defensive-orientated guy. Um, and I think that uh, story ticked all my boxes. Um <clears throat> I think he obviously may have a slightly more compromised ceiling than some players due to the fact that he is coming out as a senior. Um, but I am very comfortable with his, his basketball IQ. I'm comfortable that he has a decent degree of playmaking. I'm extremely happy with his defense and he can shoot threes. Um, he can fill a nice role for me and I have other players on the team that can... Uh, do other things and be a little bit more versatile. And I feel that he was sliding to a point where he was, I think you could have made a case that he could have gone as early as, you know, just after maybe 10, like as soon as that, though, that group of guys that everyone said represented the first group was off the board. I think there was a case to be made for him. Uh, and to get him at this pick, I think is really good value. And all it costed cost me was a, a distant future first. Uh, uh, when I will presumably be competent again, uh, and also a second of which I have far too many. So uh, this was a no-brainer for me. Okay, that's fair. So do you where do you project that first to be? I know you say you're supposed to be good, but do you think it's going to be like kind of at the same spot or like later 20s? I would, uh, I would be thinking that it will be later than the pick I just got. All right. It would be it would be the height of arrogance to suggest it's going to be twenty eight to thirty three seasons. <laughs> no, it'd be the height of arrogance to do that three seasons out. Um, yeah. I don't necessarily think this is going to be as fast a turnaround from shit house to good as uh, as I have done at the Scorpions or when I first took over Baltimore. Um, but at the same time, I, I think that I can keep things moving on a positive trajectory. Uh, I would see it being a pick more likely to be in the low end, low to mid twenties. Uh, then it would be right, just, uh, just trade for our uh, cider. Done. It'd be really good again. It's hard to. It's hard. <laughs> that trick doesn't work too many. Uh, oh. <laughs> I'm not sure that trick's going to work with them. Oh, I hear Weave is available. <laughs> Look, that I'd, I'd be very interested in having that conversation <laughs> with Kyle if he ever actually gets serious. But that would that he would be required to figure out what the fuck he wants before he could talk to anyone about. I think JBL Vegas 2020 has to open with the, with Alonzo Weaver trade. That's that. That's like the the, the ribbon cutting ceremony. <laughs> and then, then everyone scrambles from there. What do you think? I think I think Weaver will be lucky to last that long. <laughs> yeah, I think too. <laughs> okay, so we're waiting on three picks now from the Jaguars. Uh, I assume they're going to trade one of them because they really wanted Story. 
but uh, this is going to be a board-changing oh. block here. And that was the other thing. There were, I figured there was no way that story would last through the three Jags pick. It was the never-ending story. <laughs> uh, that, that's the next, uh, the next song you have to sing, Mike. The never-ending story. Um, in, in terms of some of the sleeper guys, though, I think that guy, um, for my money, um, uh, Barlow and Story were the two guys that I felt had no chance of coming out the other side of the Jags picks that I had a lot of value on. Um, and those, that's why I wanted to make sure that you, I grabbed one before that happened. Okay, so we've got two trades. Um, the Rockets traded the 2028 Lumberjack second round pick to the Vipers for Antoine Murray. Get him off the roster. What happened? Clears up He's three got million. Chance Campbell now. Yep, Chance Campbell. Okay. All right. And because it's never good to challenge your players to actually be good, just just clear out the whole position for them. That's right. And the Tridents just traded back in for this pick, the 18 pick. Interesting. They traded their future first, 2031. Will they be good by then? That's actually a pretty good, uh, pretty good uh, trade for the Jags, I think. Yeah, I think very good trade for the Jags. Given they already have like so many picks there, I, I'd be very comfortable making that trade, pumping, grabbing a future asset. Well, Dun- Duncan's obviously got a target in mind here. So which one does Duncan p- taking? The 18? He's taking the 18, yes. So he's up now. So we're just waiting on him to pick. I think they would have to be happy getting Dallas at 13, and now obviously they have a target here. Maybe it's Carl, uh, Cole Arnold. Maybe Ricky Gillespie, who's now a meme out of out of nowhere. Ricky Gillespie. <laughs> no, Kelly Hobbs is still sitting there. He's an interesting player. I think he's, I think he's probably good. the next. I think he's probably the next best center on the board. Yeah. Well, uh, I just saw this morning that someone posted that Rivera has what is it F. F quickness, F speed, and F endurance. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and would only need to be, and you'd have to call subs when he's already nearby. Um, <laughs> look, we call, I think we that, call him the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <That's true. laughs> Seven foot two sixty two. So that, that sounds about right. There's not really much room for a, a guy like that anymore in the JBL, is there? I can't even think of the last big lumbering center, Bowen. That was probably Bowen. Good. Yeah. Grayson Pittman. He left early. Boston College. That's good. Goes pick. number 18. To, yeah. Anyone know anything about Grayson Pittman? So I, I actually like Pittman a pretty good amount. Um, I think the biggest question about Pittman is the defensive end. Um, he was probably a guy I was looking at at the 27th overall pick before Chance Campbell came down the road. So yeah, I'm really glad I made the, uh, the Campbell pick because I would be really sad right now. Very sad. <laughs> And plus, his name was Pitman. I mean, come on. Pitman to Pittsburgh? Yeah. (laughs) Seems like a few teams also had him him quite high on their boards. Yeah. The interesting thing about him is that his shooting went in the tank. uh, And that was one of the things I was looking at in terms of grit and grind players because Boston College played grit and grind. He shot like 50% from beyond the arc. And then this past year, it went down to like 37, 38%. So, but he was the best player on that Boston College team. And I do wonder if part of that was just the ACC got filled with human owners who like, you know, 
set rosters and set lineups and things. And Boston College was not one of those human-owned teams. Um, mm. if, I can, if I can talk about uh, Pittman for a second, just looking at those stats, like he had a severe uh, decline in just overall shots last year. He went from uh, shooting 11 times a game uh, with six and a half from beyond the arc where he shot uh, 52.6% down to under eight attempts per game uh, last year. So there was something that changed in the team fabric that he was not – um, looked upon to to uh, to shoot, and I'm wondering if maybe he's somebody who needs to have the ball in his hands in order to score, um, because I mean, like everything went down across the board, and you just point to the amount of attempts per game as a potential as to me the likely reason why. Yeah, you know, he just he needed to have it. I mean, his usage went down to 17.6 percent. Um, from you know roughly 21, 22 percent the past two years. So that something changed in that team, and it looks like perhaps his role changed, and not for the better. So this could be like a really interesting um, buy low pick if one exists because he, he does have the ability. You know, considering the league was supposed to be pretty overloaded in the point guard position, we've so far had one, two, well, Rutgers are shooting guard. But one, two, three, four point five point guards go in the top nineteen picks. That's pretty interesting, I would think, especially in what was considered a pretty wing-heavy draft. So the Jags selected Luke Steen at number nineteen, and then Cole Arnold finally goes at number twenty. Interesting. I can live with Cole Arnold there. Yeah, I think so too. I I don't. I think for someone who is pretty highly ranked, obviously, you know, maybe not the highest potential guy, but contributed and was one of the best players on the on that Duke team, if not the best. I think number 20 is a pretty good pick for him. And yes, Ricky Gillespie is still around. He's still out there, guys. Everyone's like, child. Ricky Gillespie's still there. He's still there. Hey, we're running into some forfeits <laughs> now, aren't we? Team forfeit? Uh, we're about to hit, yeah, we're about to hit forfeit territory, which is, I think, the 22. I yeah, I think there's like a few down at the bottom of the yeah, first this round. Is, this are... is always really annoying for me, the forfeits, because the order goes out of whack very quickly. I have to admit, I'm annoyed that Gillespie's still there because I didn't scout him because I assumed he was going, you know, in the in the top 12 or so. Well, you did work not... him out, you mean? I, I did work him out. I worked him out. Would you like to share with Comey your... Uh... But you worked out Jordan Nairn. I mean, I did work out Jordan Nairn. <laughs> he's uh, well, his his intangibles are pretty good. Dedicated personality. I mean, he's he's fine. Oh, I think, damn it! He's he's not a lottery pick, but you know what happened, Calvin? I just saw who he took. That's what I was looking at. Shit, I really liked him. Damn it, Brandon Smith. Anytime you could get a guy with the uh, most um, milky white plain name out there. You know, yeah, I really like it. Does it, have you just declared him canonically white? <laughs> Brandon He's got Smith, great also known like as you. Yes. <laughs> okay, so the Colonels are actually up now. Number twenty-two is a forfeit. That was the Blizzards' pick, so the forfeit should come down the line in a second. And the Colonels are up. All right. 
So we've got a few forfeits down here. We got. Let's yeah, see what the forfeits are. We should we should move through pretty quickly now. Sorry, one second. I've got to push the pick onto the kernels. Really, someone should code this to do it, uh, not manually, right? <laughs> okay. Kernels are up. Let's go. So we should move through the, the end of this uh, first first round pretty quickly. So we've got forfeit is number 26 and number 30 and number 31. Yeah, so we jump right from 29 Huskies, to... The Huskies pick in the king. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we'll take a little break after the first uh, first round. Yep, and get another hot toddy. Yeah, just take a five minute pod break. break. Obviously, obviously the picks still go, but uh, we'll take a pod break, let a few picks come through, and then we'll discuss. But we'll wait to the end of this this round because there's still probably a few spanners in the works. A few trades. To, yeah, a few trades. I think it's a lot easier to talk about the second round guys in chunks than it is to talk about them one at a time. I think. So, what did people like about Brandon Smith? Oh, I like Brandon Smith's page, uh, actually. I can because he, he that I was high on. Um, so he um, he's got he's got good size to him. You know, that's six nine two forty one. Um, the pages. There we go. Um, excellent rebounding. He he rates uh, you know it's a, near right at the top of this class in in terms of offensive and defensive rebounding. He's another guy with that freakish shot blocking ability and timing trait that I think is important, especially for somebody who is six nine. Uh, that just shows he has good uh, defensive ability, as evidenced by uh, his A plus defensive awareness grade. Um, he's athletic. He doesn't have the endurance, and that that's maybe the one knock. He's also not the fastest player, um, but he's somebody who's going to put the time in the gym. He's got good discipline. Uh, he's a decent offensive player. Um, you know, he he does mid range lacks, but he actually is he rates as a B minus in terms of outside shooting, which isn't terrible uh, for for a uh, you know a big bulky uh, four. Um, he is not somebody who's going to create off the dribble, um, but his ball handling is surprisingly okay for somebody his size. So he's just, he's another guy who is intelligent, uh, will get after the boards, which Nashville needs, um, and will add a solid defensive component while not killing you on the offensive end. Okay, thanks. It's a good recap. <laughs> Calvin, do you have anything to add? Um, not really. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's basically, he's good. Like, he had a great uh, workout for me, 9 out of 10. Excellent work ethic. Yeah, I mean, you just he looks like a solid late-round pick. It's definitely sleeper season at the moment because we just had Cody Simmons go off the board. Now the Mustangs are up. Oh, the draft board is broken again. I hate these forfeits. Damn it, people. Damn it, people. Stop, Stop getting into going over penalties. <laughs> Stop breaking the rules. Uh, sorry, guys. I think tonight I learned that Cody Simmons is a basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> 
Does what school any, did he go I, to? I have, I have no idea about him. I mean, that is one thing with um with less workouts to go around now. I, I feel like I have less knowledge about players. But isn't uh, that weird? Well, hang on. You, you can scout everyone. You just just because you don't work them out. I, I know. I know. I, I guess it's because I don't trust my scouting, and that's why I feel like I feel like I don't know anyone now. Only if I work them out. I, I think there is a, a strong argument that very few people will um, not invest heavily in college scouting next year. Yeah, I had uh, I had, uh, looked at Simmons, um, and he had for me an A plus post defense. I think that's kind of what he's based on, which is an energy. He's a PFC or power forward center, so he's a center. <laughs> um, but yeah, he just he had nice rebounding, uh, nice defense. Decent overall shooting, and yeah, he just looked like a, a nice, another kind of similar to uh, to uh, Smith. So good pick. Um, where Cody thrives, as opposed to Smith, from from the scouting report I have here, uh, his mid range game grades yeah. out as as a quite solid. Which uh, for he, he could be like a like a Thibel light, perhaps. Um, you know, he's a bit lean at 226 for somebody who's 6'11". Uh, so I'll have to put on, put on some size. But, yeah, I mean, the, the post defense is there. He averaged 14 a point. He averaged 14 a game over four years um, at Minnesota. And, you know, he shot um, – I mean, he didn't shoot too many threes, but he shot 34.8% from there. His effective field goal percentage was 60.3%. Uh, um, he looks like he could be an efficient player if in the right system. Joe Pikami. It's up to me. Okay. Um, Didn't you hear the Mike Snack Morton. notification in the background? Mike, Mike Morton. Which was Kamish harassing him. Which is me harassing you. Mike Morton went number 24 to the Mustangs. And again, another player that I wasn't really aware of. Center. 6'11, 239. It, it's fun when the person that you would consider God in the league isn't aware of you. <laughs> I don't know every player in the CJBL. I expect you to know everybody. Um, I think Morton's a guy who hasn't played very much. He's played all four years at Michigan. He's never played more than 11 minutes a game, but he has some uh, scouting that is highly relevant for the center position. He has the basketball IQ, the defensive game, the post-defense. Um, doesn't look particularly gifted offensively, but the uh, the defensive and rebounding side of the game is all there. And I think that, given he's he'll be a backup behind Walton. Hmm. I think that uh, those sort of players may start to disappear going forward in the CJBL. So the CPU obviously has not utilized a player like him probably accurately probably. or properly properly, um, and with the human. AD, they will likely put him into the starting lineup or you know, at least give him more opportunities to prove himself. So I think you'll find those sort of guys that don't play very much in college and then get drafted in the first round, it will be pretty rare going forward. Makes sense. Yeah. Oh, that could be really funny. Can we talking to himself while he's making yeah, a pick you, online? Yeah. You gotta take Gillespie. You ready to take Gillespie, are you? No, I'm not taking Gillespie. I just noticed something that could be really, really funny. I don't know if I'm gonna do it yet. Cause you never wanna do a you never wanna make a pick for a laugh. 
speak for yourself. Well, I'm pretty sure, you know, drunk RKG made the Nairn pick. We're like, oh, check this one out, guys. You know, but I. Hey, that sounds like him. Yeah, that, would, that does sound like me. Yeah, it's. Well, I mean, I do. I I did. Uh, you know, my undergrad in the Poconos, so I I, I do know the region. Don't you know? Oh, Yins. I know it's Western. So we, we, Canada, l- last year we had uh, last season we had the tr- the draft was finished by now. <laughs> we haven't even got through the first round this year. It's interesting. Is that jerk it with their list trades last year? Yes, and I think. Yeah, just that the first 10 went really quickly. It was like five minutes. Um, this year, it's been a lot slower. Not not due to, uh, not only due to players. I mean, obviously, the technical difficulties slowed us down a little bit at the start. But um, yeah, I think there's a bit more deliberation because the scouting is available for every player. So you're looking through each player every time a pick comes up. Oh, man. I think I'm going to end up doing it. I think I'm going to, okay, I'm going to do it. <laughs> Just do it, Gomi, come on. <laughs> I'm going to do it. And if you want to test um, a player's, you know, scouting report versus their collegiate production, well, here you go. Number 25, I'm taking Brian Panzini. Hey, Panzini. Full forward from Panzini. USC who had – a PER last year of negative 2.39. <laughs> yeah, I like Penn. Uh, I do too. The owner's on the phone now. The owner's on the phone going, what the hell are you doing? That's the kiss so, of death though, Comey. I liked him. <laughs> so here's the thing about Panzini, and this is why the pick happened. Um, he just, he, across the board, he's a solid player. Like there, there's nothing that really sticks out about him that, that's poor. Defensively, uh, it looks like he can grade or he can play both on the perimeter and in the post. Like athletically, he fits the bill. He's an A for athleticism and A for endurance. Um, you know, his speed isn't great, but it's it's average. Um, he's a solid rebounder, uh, very adept at getting steals. Uh, he can shoot off the dribble, and he rates as an A on outside shooting. So he could be a, a decent three-point guy off the bench. And with the way my team is now, I'm looking for a third small forward. I'm not looking for somebody who's going to start. I'm looking for somebody who can push my my backups for minutes. And I think Panzini could. So why not? Why not? Yeah, I, mean, I, also I, I like foot, it. He's also a seven-foot small forward who looks like he can shoot. I mean, why not take a shot on him? I think that's a fair, fair thing. And uh, as I've uh, just said in the channel, um, the ratings are always talent, not impact. So he's obviously got the talent to play and hasn't had the opportunity. Will he get many minutes on your team? Uh, probably not. He's probably, he's probably a candidate for, uh, you know, a, a J league, uh, especially this year, because I mean, he's not going to be league ready. Um, so he would be a candidate for, for those kind of minutes, but, you know, hopefully he grows. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're up, RKJ. So, no dilly dallying. Let's let's move this along. I'm hurrying. I'm hurrying. I need the full ten minutes. Oh, get. <laughs> right. So next year, picks are one minute, and the trades are five minutes. <laughs> 
It has been traded. Let me just put it through. Okay. Make sure you send to commission everyone when you're doing a trade. Getting a few of those. What do you mean you haven't got it yet? Because it hasn't been sent to me. So as we're at the end of the first round, should we take the break now? Because well, we've got two more picks left. Do you want to announce your pick? radio guys i'll cut this talk, out talk amongst yourselves <laughs> a topic i was trying to find a link to something okay the trade the, what, the, porn? the trade has been sent i don't know if i can announce it until it's been fully approved has it been approved by the other team not yet no yet. he's he's uh he is on the party thing it's not andrew so oh he's muted though I don't want to trade with Mike. <laughs> Why don't you want to trade with me? <laughs> Colluder. All right. So uh, I'll, I'll announce the trade. So the Vipers have traded pick 27 for the 2030 drone second round pick, the 2030 Skyhawk second round pick, and the 2031 Dragon second round pick. You know, so, who would have all those second round picks? I think I can guess. <laughs> it is the Crusaders. Yes, it is. <laughs> all right. You're up, Kelvin. <laughs> So, I mean, from the Viper's perspective, it just gives us additional assets to move some things around, you know, for future deals. So that's, I didn't really like anyone um, for my team needs at this 27th pick, although I did think about Kelly Hobbs for a hot second, who's still sitting there, but I didn't uh, work so, him out. I'm curious to see who Boston's going to draft that they can't actually fit into their rotation. And I did think about Ricky Gillespie. Are you kidding me? These they've only got seven players on their roster. These are these are the key p pieces of the Crusaders, right, Kelvin? <laughs> I'm only teasing. Um, so I was thought I really had a feeling you were going to pick Charlie Long. Um, I was, Long. I was. If really? if I didn't get Chance uh, Campbell, that was going to be the pick. I really thought you would. Ooh, nice pick. Kingsley Forest from Florida with the 27 pick. Yeah, it's a good pick. Yeah, I think he was he was uh, ranked in the top 20, you know, average rank of 17. Um, at, at one stage, I think he even got to 12 on one of the rankings. Uh, decent, decent player. I think he's a, a junior, 21-year-old 20, junior, 6'11", small forward. So, decent size. I think it's certainly be what? defensive end of the ball, but, you know. Not horrible. And he's got great size, seven foot six inch wingspan. So, an excellent awareness. Um, he, especially on the offensive end, um, with an excellent work ethic. So, he's somebody who could grow. So, we've got the 28th pick, which the Jaguars drafted Seth Thomas, who um, looked like an athletic three and D player, you know, point guard. Um, Although wingspan, he you know he's six foot five height, but he had a six foot five inch wingspan. Really good measurables and good intangibles. Um, yeah, I think he's not horrible. 
I'm not surprised he he went in the first round, even though he was scouted or ranked down like the bottom fifties. So is is Gillespie making the first round, Mike? <laughs> yes or uh, no? It doesn't look <laughs> like it. It looks like I've destroyed his reputation. <laughs> you know, uh, well, he didn't have the 52nd overall pick, so he's not. I'll, I'm not I'll sure the Skyhawks are there. here. I'm not sure the Skyhawks are here, so it could be an auto pick. Uh, have they not case. set their pick? Not their pick, their border. Uh, well, it will be in the draft room. So whatever the draft room order is, I'm just double checking to make sure he is. So Ricky Gillespie here. will make the first round, Andrew. Yeah, I think. I think if so, he hasn't, Andrew. if he hasn't made a manual order, it is highly likely. I'm checking now. No, he set a list. Oh, it will not be Ricky Gillespie. Oh. <laughs> That would be the Sorry. ultimate trash talk. Like Damn the it. only reason you got picked was you were an auto. Man, I think RKG is going to get fired off the pod after that that mock draft. It's not my fault. <laughs> the The stars didn't. The stars looked better for me at the screen I was looking at. Blah blah blah. Were you looking at a screen not... from two years ago? Yes. <laughs> he was a highly talented prospect uh, last season. I think he returned. He was going to be. He didn't get drafted. He didn't get drafted. No, no, he returned before. He took his name out before the draft. Uh, okay. That was a heavily cached page you were looking at. Who 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 is the player that went back a couple times? Dikembe like, Dallas didn't get drafted last year. Ricky Forrest didn't Forrest was pulled himself back out. Um I'm trying to think who uh, there was one who did No, but there was one player who was a point guard. I think it was the uh, Ohio State point guard. Like three times. Oh, it, it was Alvin um, Kennedy. Alvin. It was Alvin Kennedy. Thanks thanks Calvin. Yeah. He put his name out as well. Who actually played uh, well? So, I don't think I haven't heard anything from from Dub Seven, so I'm just waiting another waiting the five minutes. I think that's only fair to do, and then the pick will be made, and then we're straight into the second round. So the thirtieth pick is a forfeit. From so then we do we want to pick. stop? Do we want to stop the pod and start a new one for the second round to avoid? Stop the pod. <laughs> yeah. Uh, will everyone join back on? We've we've got listeners here. I think it's easier just to go silent for five minutes and come back on. That's fun. Yeah. Isn't it easier though to put it up when it's two smaller podcasts? It is for me. Okay. Maybe we'll do that. Yeah, let's do That's that. That's why I was, I, that, that was the rationale for me suggesting it. Yeah, because then, okay. then I can move to my comfy chair instead of my desk chair. You mean slump into it? <laughs> I could slump into it. Pass out during it. You can hear me snoring on the pod. So. That's a more valuable contribution than suggesting Gillespie's a lottery pick. Oh my God. Are we going to let Ricky Gillespie go? <laughs> Only when he gets drafted. <laughs> I think it's fair to say that he's not going to really go. We're not going to go until at least the end of this particular draft. <laughs> I don't think W7's here. I'm thinking about another hot toddy. <laughs> that was pretty good. I think we will have, uh, while we're on break, if anyone wants to message me and they want to come on and just talk about their team while we're waiting for time between picks. Um, I know we're going to have Munz on in the second round. If anyone else wants to come on, um, Isold, I'll try to figure out why I can't unmute you. Um, maybe it'll work better for my iPad, so we'll try that. Um, but yeah, so we can get some 
participation, so it's not as much dead air uh, for the second second part. I think we've done pretty well considering. So you know, it's it's hard because we're, we're we're all we're all doing different things. Like you're keeping the hamster wheels running so that like all the servers going, and <laughs> Andrew's trying to make trades, and I'm trying to make trades. Although we're not trying to trade with each other, so because he doesn't want to trade with me, so. Are you, are you, are you, uh, do I need to like apologize and send you some flowers to make up for that horrible comment, Mark? Are you feeling sensitive now? I'm feeling very sensitive. You very guys sensitive. sound like not. Although it's we, we 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 did have trade discussions recently, and I think you felt bad we couldn't agree on the trade because it just didn't work for you. <laughs> you made you feel bad. As I think well, you then? genuinely felt bad. <laughs> you, you make well, it to be fair. Like, I was Smashed when you first had the conversation with me, and since I didn't shut it down immediately, I did feel like some obligation to actually invest time in thinking it through. It was never a good idea for me, though, and it was very clear to me when I woke up the next morning, it just, fresh it just, and sober, that it was a bad idea. It just takes me back to middle school all over again, when I thought the girl liked me, but it's just that, no, she just wanted to think about how to let me down easily and waited 48 hours to tell me, so... Thank you. Thank no, you I, I did the oh, intelligence Jesus. thing. I literally in the in the chat thread, he brought me a trade offer. I spoke to him for maybe two or three minutes about it, and then said, "Having said that, I'm at the Super Bowl. I'm drunker than I've been in like a year. Maybe we can continue this tomorrow morning. If I don't remember, please remind me." And then I had to remind him. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I should have taken the hint there. <laughs> I had only recently woken up. I hadn't forgotten. So, so the um the Skyhawks picked Austin Price. Uh, from their list, so Ricky Marcus's Gatti, brother. Yep, uh, the Tritons are up at number thirty-two. Okay, so we're not we're not stopping the pod. We're just holding it, letting it go. No, we are, I'm going to stop the pod now. So we're just going to have a probably a ten-minute break. Uh, we'll shut down this pod. We'll start another one up in about ten minutes, and we'll hopefully have sort of five or ten picks to discuss. And Munz is coming on. And are you going to stay on, RKG? Yep. I'll come back, Excellent. but I'm not going to be much use to you. <laughs> Thanks. Well, what, what, what difference is that? Oh. All right. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Oh. Oh, Thanks, guys. Cool. Uh, speak to you soon. All right. Bye.